<laughs> I can't claim it. Because uh, <laughs> we've both been uh, we've both been entranced by Britain's um, meltdown into pretty much everything David Icke has ever said has <laughs> proved to be true. Yeah, uh, MPs are just strangling kids <laughs> in front of other kids at sex parties, and the news isn't making that big a deal of it. It was uh, front page news yesterday that there, you know, that there's um, there's just an investigation. Like it's they're trying real hard. Like, hey, look, it's just a routine. We heard some stories about uh, men strangling children, so uh, <laughs> like. Uh, we're investigating enough that you, a reputable newspaper, can put this in the newspaper. Like it's that, it's that big of a story. But uh, but it looks like from looking at the uh, papers today, that was one and done. That you get, they told you about it yesterday. But um, the front page of today's Guardian here has it made it that? Nope. Nope. There you go. Uh, ISIS has beheaded another uh, an aid worker, which yep. is actually a good move by ISIS because I found that the journalists were actually um, like they weren't upsetting me at all. <laughs> <laughs> divorced, beheaded, died. Divorced, beheaded, survived. Was uh, who I went to journalism school with. That's how I remembered. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, the uh, the mirror, who I believe broke the story. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's all. Uh, the journalist has disappeared. He's been strangled. Yeah, he's been <laughs> beheaded by ISIS. <laughs> who's, our, who's our biggest MP? <laughs> Get him to strangle this adult journalist <laughs> in front of the other journalists. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out it's just a method. It's a it's a method of governance. <laughs> It's traced back to Pliny the Elder, his <laughs> treatise on strangulation, his good government. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's um it's shocking to me, but um there you go. But it's all about uh you know be be afraid of Islam. Be afraid of Muslims. Yeah, yeah, uh, not <laughs> Not the guy that that controls your life. <laughs> yeah, no, there was, uh, and and it's it's all connected to the political party that's in power right now. Yeah, um, I don't I don't see that I should be afraid of Muslims any more than Hindus. In a way, it's quite a good propaganda campaign to go. Oh, Muslims! It's like fucking billions of Muslims. If they wanted to cause trouble. There'd yeah. be some trouble on the streets. I just realized you said Hindu and not Hindu. <laughs> Hindus do cause more trouble. I would be Islam. more afraid. Like if I walked into a room to play a show, it was if it was all Muslim, I'd be fine. I'd, yeah, that's great. <laughs> but if it was all Hindus. <laughs> a Muslim Hindu would be the ideal Hindu. <laughs> as, a, as a club comedian. They're not laughing, but no one can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I was just in the Middle East, and um, that place, you could get in a fight a day if you wanted to. Yeah, well, they have. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that, that's the thing that I said, like, 
the heat is the biggest problem at the World Cup. Well, they could do it. They usually do it at the World Cup and flood it with whores. <laughs> they pretty much just bust them in. They bust the homeless out of the Olympics and the World Cups and stuff. So, like in uh, the uh, what was the Olympics they had in Australia, Sydney, they just took the fucking homeless out to the desert in buses and just left them there. <laughs> uh, and they uh, they try to consciously expand their whore population for FIFA and the like. Yeah. I know uh in um in ports of the American Navy when the ships are coming in they up the uh transvestite uh tally. <laughs> I, bet, I think there's a feel good movie about a north of England town where everybody loses their jobs and goes to become transvestite <laughs> prostitutes following world sport events. <laughs> Northern no work at the mill. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just see him staring at his wife's lipstick <laughs> as it slowly protrudes as he twists a little. <laughs> I'm walking on sunshine. Whoa! <laughs> Down to feel good. It's got goals, it's got holes. It's got everything the British public would want. Also, people are. A lot of people are really attracted to transvestites and transsexuals, aren't they, and just don't talk about it. I had a driver one time after a show who was just going, oh, I hate these bloody transvestites. And I was like, what's your problem? And he's just, you know, all the horrible stuff they do down it. And he starts naming, like, six different bars. And you're just like, yeah, I think you really like transvestites. Yeah, a fucking... 300 quid for a double wristed loopy or, you know <laughs> <laughs> prices have gone up for a start yeah <laughs> Some, sometimes a man has very specific needs and those very specific needs are not met with you know 400 quid later you're driving a cab all night on crystal meth trying to make some money back <laughs> who <laughs> oh Oh, I, I forgot. I had something there. There is apparently a demon that stops children from being molested. <laughs> <laughs> like, apparently they're not all bad, unless molesting children is really good. <laughs> Nobody's, no, nobody wants to check it out. There's just one demon like the, the BFG who's got to... <laughs> Side part for the good guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, it made me think, too, that that's why the Catholic Church got so interested in exorcisms. <laughs> you know, You're really he's, a guy. He has ruined one too many parties. <laughs> well, maybe that's why they started strangling them. Because maybe, like, the demon can take over a kid's body, the protective demon, and see who's doing it. And uh, Maybe they ha- that's when they have to strangle the kid. And if you're a, if you're an older paedophile, it must be hard to explain that to someone who's new at the game. I, I had to strangle him. He had the demon eyes. Now I know this makes me sound crazy, but a demon's eyes looked out from him. And uh, if you rewind the film, you can see the exact moment. You see it? it oh, he was bent over. Yeah, yeah. Tr- trust me on this one. Hey, you, you, you're, you're better off. You're better off making a mistake than not making a mistake, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you even, okay, 
we all got to start using lighters because you lit a match and I smelled the sulfur and I had to strangle him. And I thought, I thought a demon was here. But you were just fucking waving that unlit match around. Why are you running your hand over your eyes, Dave? Yeah. Is that demon eyes there? I want to see your eyes at all times. No sunglasses in our fuck parties. We're trying to keep demons out. Okay, the kids can wear sunglasses. I like that. If it's part of the costume. <laughs> Top gear. <laughs> Top gear. Top gun. <laughs> Top gear. <laughs> a really specialist pedophile there. Oh, Kid just is Jeremy Clarkson. Yeah. And I come in as the stig. <laughs> Tie me! Tie me! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're about to get this shut off. (laughs) Just get out. (laughs) No one even here. The demons stopped the recording. Uh, Yeah, the demons actually, it feeds on this evil. Its ear is just attached to the cord. (laughs) But speaking of evil... Hmm? Um, with all those stories, I got to see a picture of Cyril Smith yesterday in the newspaper. Uh, so you wouldn't have seen him? Have you not seen him? No, well, if I had, I would have been able to tell you who your pedophile was <laughs> years before you needed to like have any inquiries. <laughs> Glenn, uh, we think there might be a pedophile in all these groups of people that have ever been in the government. Him! That one! <laughs> that one over there! I kind of feel contempt for any kid who couldn't get away from him. Definitely run around behind him. Unless you were in a children's home at the top of a hill. And he just <laughs> rolled after you like the fucking boulder from Indiana Jones. How did he get up there? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the ones at the tops of hills, the the uh, the upstairs ones, they all made it. They don't they they didn't see a goddamn thing. But it was all the easy access. <laughs> All the kids getting together in the children's home going, yeah, we, we need to do something because they're sinking a 300-foot shaft into the hill <laughs> to get a kind of uh, a kind of elevator normally used on zoo animals <laughs> to come up into the basement of the children's home. And uh, we think this is a cause for concern and we should contact the demon. <laughs> the top gear demon? No, no. <laughs> Uh, this uh, ends ends up with a demon just down at City Hall trying to like get, get the plan stopped. Like I can't, I don't have like magic magic powers. I just like I can, I can do stuff like this. Perseverance is my power, and I'm going through the proper channels as a yeah. demon. Your Honor, uh, I respectfully uh, would like to um, say I don't agree with the ruling, and uh, your mother sucks cocks in hell. <laughs> Cyril Smith. He um, liked to um, pretend that kids needed a massage. That was his thing. Oh, God. (laughs) And no one could catch him. Like, (laughs) the fattest man in the world was just telling people he likes to rub kids. (laughs) And no one, oh, he's too slippery. (laughs) It was the 70s. They just tried to get bigger and bigger, going, what do I need to do? To fuck this up. It's like Led Zeppelin. It's like, <laughs> well, <laughs> it was like stadium pedophilia. You know, how, how big do we need to take this before it implodes? 
I think a, a direct line has to be drawn with so many politicians and radio presenters being um, drawn into this. We have to look at the effects of making somebody talk like this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we've got Carol on line too. Carol, you got anything to say about pop socks? You got an opinion on pop socks? I was thinking it's like hypnotism. You know, you listen to it in a show off or something. It's the only time I hear the radio, but it's like, um, yeah, and so leggings are coming back. Leggings? Anyone leggings? Well, you've got an opinion about leggings. You want to tweet about leggings. Or John, John's going to bring in some leggings. And then remember uh, uh, Leroy from Fame here. Like, and he's just like, it sounds like a fucking mandra. It sounds like something a hypnotist would say to Yeah, maybe they've, maybe they've been on trial many times. And, well, yes, <laughs> that's an interesting case. Uh, interesting charge, interesting charge. If anybody else has any other charges <laughs> they'd like to call in with right now, uh, maybe we can... Uh, <laughs> 16 aggravated counts of uh, sexual assault. Yeah. Uh, anyone else? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the uh, the uh, verdict's coming back. Uh, guilty. <laughs> guilty. Interesting. Interesting. Would you care to extrapolate that on your honor? It just slowly turns them over to... <laughs> it sort of works like a phone-in, doesn't it? So one thing gets floated that's quite controversial. This fucking radio presenter fucked a kid, and then sixteen others come out of the woodwork. Hey, fuck me as well, you know. It's exactly <laughs> a kind of phone-in mentality. <laughs> phone in to your local police to say that I raped you. <laughs> yeah, that would be. Uh, I would be great if, like, you know, because there's got to be some of those old guys who know it's coming. It's in the mail. They just haven't caught it yet, but they're just like, you know, the one day they crack, they're like, okay, uh, it's going to be my last day. I've got a revolver in here with uh, <laughs> with me, but before I go, um, I used to hang out at fairgrounds in my radio station jacket, and uh, I mean, it wasn't right, but they weren't... Uh, <laughs> Oh, well, some of them were rapes. Anywho. I'm here with my posse, and they're a literal posse who planned to hang me at the end of this broadcast. (laughs) (laughs) And here's Wendy with the traffic. Uh, It's pretty snarled up around the radio station. People are pretty upset. The motorway is blocked with some kind of uh, makeshift gallows. Oh, <laughs> I guess that's for Guy Fox night. And uh, and please remember, don't let those little uh, firecrackers off late at night. It's scaring the shit out of the dogs. That's right. I said shit. Yeah, that's uh, you could. That's a little uh, warm up right there. What I'm gonna uh, about to uh, confess to here, and uh, it's gonna involve a lot of famous people. <laughs> My next guest is uh, Andre Klitschko, the boxer who's just informed me that he is being ridden by a very angry demon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's weird no one's ever done it. When you consider how many radio presenters have raped people, no one's ever been accused during a phone-in. Because, you know, you think they're they're the prime rapists in society. And they constantly throw themselves open to random calls from the public. But that's how good they are at it. They can <laughs> smell that. Okay, we're going to be on air in about uh, two minutes. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> um, um, I want to talk about 1978. <laughs> uh, and, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Join us. We'll be discussing a bunch of stuff that happened after 1985. <laughs> The legal age of consent, 1985. Check it. Uh, I've got a a little app on my iPhone. And usually I don't like technology, but this thing tells you the exact age of consent that day. And it'll change up. And uh, boy, oh, boy, 
It's made the last 10 years of my life, uh, uh, well, not as fun, I'll be honest with you. But <laughs> I have to tell you, I went through a rough couple of years when I had it set to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> There's one thing you don't want to find yourself saying in a courtroom, it's your honor, she looked 12 to me. <laughs> I thought she was Mexican, sir. <laughs> Oh, uh, did you see last night, too, um, Anonymous hacked the KKK's uh, Twitter feed? Right. Um, And uh, which they could have been way funnier with it. They actually um, they put a picture of a KKK guy that had apparently been lynched, like (laughs) like hanging from a noose. I was like... You know, lynching's just wrong, you know? <laughs> <laughs> My problem with the KKK is they're lynching the wrong people. Yeah. <laughs> From that, I found the American Nazi Party's Twitter feed through the KKK feed. So, like, Anonymous, trying to do a wonderful thing, just had me surfing the hate web. <laughs> but I was looking through Glenn the... Glenn un- one retweet, and now he's supporting Andrew Lawrence on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Not by the end of the tour. <laughs> yeah, they did a little swap about halfway through. Have you? Uh, it made the rounds on Halloween. It was Paul Lynn's Halloween special. From uh, he's a very camp man from the nineteen seventies, <laughs> and like he was always gurning and looking at the camera. Um, he was big on Hollywood Squares, I think. Anyway. It was very like uh, just it's the 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 cheesiest campiest 1970s Halloween special that <laughs> you could even imagine. It's on uh, it's on YouTube because Halloween needs to get camper and hornier. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with everyone, man? It's chance to dress up as a, a zombie, so I'm going to get my fishnets on. And, <laughs> I'm going to look like a dead, beautiful woman. <laughs> well, that's what it was like in the Yukon, except because uh, it, it would be like late October, that far north. Every Halloween costume had to incorporate a ski jacket or a snowmobile suit. <laughs> I'm the king of skiing. (laughs) I'm the ghost of your prom queen. (laughs) Must be quite difficult to horrify each other when like 20% of you die on the roads every year. (laughs) I'm Dave. (laughs) That's who you are. I thought you were Dave. (laughs) I'm a different Dave. (laughs) Yeah. My uh, my uncle uh, died on Halloween, and it was uh, really difficult because I walked out and everyone was dressed as ghosts and, and zombies. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I'm going through a real thing here right now. <laughs> I always think that must be what it feels like to be a psychic in Baghdad. Going on Halloween. <laughs> here they all are again. <laughs> Burning and screaming. No, I don't have George Bush's number. Either of them. (laughs) Yeah, I see dead people. Fucking loads of dead people. He's so lucky he lived in America. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> he was still seeing Confederate soldiers. <laughs> the follow-up where he goes to the Middle East is just fucking horrible. Just... <laughs> we can't get off the plane for dead people. <laughs> I uh, I was lucky very uh, early on. My favorite hockey player died in a car accident, so um, I learned very quickly what death affects you and what death doesn't affect you. You know, Pelle Lindbergh, one hell of a goalie, not a great driver. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if only he could have used some of those reflexes. <laughs> yeah, you would think. Uh, they don't know what happened, um, but he fucking crashed his Porsche into a brick wall. Like I, I should actually look into it because I just remember seeing pictures of the Porsche on the news, and it was like, yeah, that guy's dead. Nobody lives. What? Nobody lives through that. <laughs> Maybe he was a pedophile, and the demon just jumps into bodies and swerves you, you know? Maybe him and Paul Walker. A perfect way. That's what I would do. If I was a, a child-protecting demon, I think I'd try and get into their bodies when they were driving. Princess Diana. Everybody. <laughs> Princess Diana, who? Who worked in the nursery uh, that was beside the dolphin house apartments that are um, the centre of this current investigation. This is the information that will get us killed, Glenn. <laughs> yeah. Nobody else has noticed that yet except me. Yeah, and then just uh, like uh, the, this recording just being listened back by, uh, by the, <laughs> this is the CIA, <laughs> you just at this point you just hear, doom, doom. <laughs> Glenn, you've got demon eyes. <laughs> we got to get out of here. If you a demon on the run, man. <laughs> and every once in a while, I'm just slipping out of the hotel, coming back with blood on my hands. What did you do? Oh, you wouldn't believe how many people fuck kids everywhere. Like, You're just nipping out and killing all the radio presenters. Yeah. We're just trying to get a channel in the yeah. car. It's yeah. just dead air everywhere. Yeah, got him. No, you're just listening to the radio in the hotel room going, I wonder where Glenn's going. And it's uh, Sunny and Cloudy. Oh, oh Sunny and Cloudy. Oh, no. Next sport. Yeah. But present. first, a little CCR. I'm going to present this football scores uh, through the ghost of Pelly Lindbergh. <laughs> Midnight run for the new millennia. <laughs> what the fucking fuck, Jack? What the fucking fuck? <laughs> the um, midnight run was always on TV when I was younger, and they always um. And did you have this? They would change the swear words into other words. Yes. So it was always like, "You maggot farmer." <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking ruined that movie. And every year they put it on completely travestied. Yeah, The Breakfast Club too. All right. They, yeah. Um hot hot beef injection became uh, hot wild affection. 
And it was like not even like John Delson's voice. It was just a guy like, you know, because he's got that kind of nasally sort of thing going. Come on, does he give you the hot, wild affection? <laughs> just a fucking FBI officer in a suit reading the suit in the studio. <laughs> Whose job was that, man? Yeah, I got to go in and voice De Niro today. <laughs> Tell these melon farmers to... Yeah, I know melon farmer actually, to me, sounds slightly racist. <laughs> it sounds... Yeah, it sounds like it's got all kinds of possibilities. Yeah, like if you... It's not, it's not technically racist, but if you called a black person that, they'd punch you. <laughs> I haven't heard about this one yet, but... Or really, any kind of person who wasn't like completely Aryan, I think, would feel it might be a dyke. Like Charles Bronson. Yeah. And he played a fucking melon farmer <laughs> in a film, but I think he'd still punch you. What, what film did he play? You not seen that movie? Uh, yeah, it's like an Elmore Leonard thing they made, but it's all about him defending to the death his watermelon farm. Um <laughs> And it's like a follow-up to what was the really famous one? Uh, the uh, the oh uh, the vigilante. Yeah, he's super famous at the time, and you know, as a vigilante kind of action figure. And he does this movie where it's the same movie, but based around instead of defending his family, a large warehouse filled with melons. <laughs> That's a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> It was uh, during the great melon shortage of 1976. It was close to people's heart. He really read the zeitgeist there. Uh, yeah. Mm. I hope those melons make it. <laughs> hope those melons make it and we get out of Vietnam and we can all have melons again. <laughs> That's why whenever you see a movie dubbed over, it's always uh, Charles Bronson's voice that comes in. Mm. Melon, me. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, they just they just sample <laughs> Vigil, the the vigilante the melon years. No, it wasn't called vigilante though, was it? It was called. Um, you get the truth box out. Get the phone out. I go here. Something like it's two two words. One of them's like death. <laughs> Death Wish! Death Wish! <laughs> One of them actually was Death. Amazing. Yeah, it was after Death Wish. Um, it was like Melon Wish. <laughs> Death Wish, the Melon Years. It's got a really bad title as well. It, it, it's called something like Mr. Majestic. I'm just that, is, that is that is a movie. I didn't realize he was a melon farmer in it, but he was apparently also a, a, a magician or something. <laughs> It's just like a magician laboring under like just a normal Puerto Rican name somewhere. <laughs> yeah, he won a he won a melon farm and a card game in Vegas. <laughs> so he goes out there and it turns out a couple of a couple of Mexican gangs want a hold of his melon farm. Well anyone that's dumb enough to play a magician at cards <laughs> deserves to lose his melon farm. <laughs> to me and Bob Dylan. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> Some of those Bob Dylan albums with Charles Bronson. I mean, there's no way he did all those records himself. No, no. You know, it's Mr. Majestic. Yeah, uh, um, that one's always on TV. I just never watched it. Uh, plot. 
Vince Majestic, Charles Bronson, is a former uh, army ranger, Vietnam vet, who now owns a remote watermelon farm in rural Colorado. He needs to harvest his crop. Is that even obviously. where watermelons grow? Um, I don't think that would be like the worst. Yeah, he's got a watermelon farm out in the desert. High in the mountains, <laughs> in his watermelon farm. Bob Dylan suggested watermelon farm in the desert as a kind of uh, lyric. <laughs> You know, as like an oxymoron, and he's just taking him literally. It um, sounds to me like uh, in the original hip script, it was a grow up, and then they just went change it to watermelons. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally, it must have been that. Yeah. <laughs> what is the least offensive vegetation that we can have him growing? What's the happiest melon in the world? A watermelon. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we got bored of just uh, editing over the words people say and actually started to change whole concepts <laughs> in the films. Uh, <laughs> Every time he's tending, it's just government stock footage of a watermelon farm. <laughs> it comes back to Charles Bronson going with a gun. I got to protect these watermelons. <laughs> Can you imagine if you'd kind of see that movie in the fucking, in the 70s? How bored would you have had to been? Like, well, Bronson's got a new watermelon pick out. <laughs> why, why, don't we, <laughs> why don't we spend uh, fucking three hours of our lives, including travel, to go see what he's, say, what, what he's got to say on that issue? I reckon a bunch of watermelons will blow up. <laughs> Shotgun fire at some point. Uh... We've watched all the Gallagher tapes. We've enjoyed them. We've had some watermelons. What what to do with the evening? Is is there any watermelon pictures out right now? <laughs> I think Bronson's got one out. Okay, let's go check it out. <laughs> well, it's a long six months till Eastwood's uh, parsnip. <laughs> oh, remember the guy last night? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I only eat turnips. <laughs> we watched a really fucking boring movie last night uh, by the band St. Etienne about Lee Valley, uh, yeah. district of London, it turns out. It was like uh, it was like 28 days later without any of the zombies. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a kid riding around on a bicycle, getting odd jobs, like he was delivering newspapers, and then he... Delivers to like a like a dilapidated warehouse that for some reason had three guys in it, just fucking answering phones <laughs> like hey, dusty tiles. You got you want to buy some dusty tiles? I never thought I'd watch a movie and pray for a watermelon. I <laughs> <laughs> could have really used some uh, some vegetation. Yeah, <laughs> I think the idea was that we were supposed to be sad that this fucking derelict shithole of literally garbage was being knocked down. Yeah, that no one was in. Yeah, nobody lived there. No. <laughs> this huge, uh, this, this huge part of uh, one of the most vibrant cities in the world is uh, no one's living in it anymore, and it's sad that there's gonna fix it up and put an Olympic event on there. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> have you seen what what is on the cover of the Guardian today? What is it? 
Cameron fears second global financial crash, almost as if to say, if you keep pushing this fucking button, <laughs> we're going to do it again, okay? We've all had some people at our workplace that have fucked strangled children to death, okay? And it's nearly Christmas. How would you like a global financial crash? Your little bonus package. And uh, then... <laughs> Apropos of nothing, why I love Jews. <laughs> <laughs> Julie Barchow. She wrote some thing about me saying, I had a face only a blind mother could love. Uh, and I said, I'm sure blind children would love your face too if they could run their fingers over it without you eating them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they forget, eh? They forget we're comics sometimes. Yeah, they forget don't. it's not their job. <laughs> <laughs> sure, you can be very dry in a column occasionally. Fuck gigs. I could happily not gig again. Uh, no. No. Not saying you could, but no, I'd, I'd have to gig. Too much is attached to it now. But why? Why? Just need to, you know? Need attention. Mm. <laughs> need attention. I do. <laughs> I've, I've sacrificed uh, every relationship I've ever had. My unborn children have been put on the altar and split in two by Solomon's sword. It's, it's, it's all I have left, Frank. Just mean comedy, like a big demon that stops you from raping kids. <laughs> I had to come up with a whole comedy circuit just to siphon off the worst of the pedophiles. <laughs> Do you know how difficult it was to create a student uh, network in Britain throughout the 90s? <laughs> and I did it. Yeah. I've worked for Avalon for quite some time now. <laughs> Do you know what doubling up would have meant for these people if I hadn't created the comedy circuit? <laughs> Tripling up on a Saturday. How horrible is that? <laughs> that easy spot in the middle. Oh, you, you, you don't even know what that would have meant. <laughs> you don't want to be a kid who's been dragged into a room. With four comedians who have been told that they've got 20 minutes to open. <laughs> the worst thing about the first red light is you know there's three more to come. <laughs> if this one asshole even fucking saw it and doesn't play the... Oh, did you... I didn't see the light. I'm uh, sorry. I, uh, I, had, uh, I had the uh, eyes of my mask zipped. So I couldn't see anything. Being a closer meant you had a red-hot poker. <laughs> anyway, this is all an alternative universe that I'll show you one day. But, uh, what are we talking about there? Um, still not done cocaine. Still not been tempted. Not I still not finished it. <laughs> <laughs> I took um, Valium to go in a brain scanner because um, it was a brain scan where they... Test came up negative. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they they essentially ram you into a fucking chamber like a like a um, shot into a cannon. Pretty much, they shove your feet up into a fucking hole in the wall in a Scottish brain scanner. And uh, it's if you've got any claustrophobia, or even if you haven't, it's really unpleasant. <laughs> and uh, I had to take Valium to do it because I couldn't do it the first time. And it was because I'm not taking it in donkeys. 
it was like being on fucking heroin or something. So I thought, I've not come up yet. Um, and I went in and I thought, this is me come up. And I was frightened and I went, I can't do it. And then they took me out. And then suddenly it hit me and I was like, oh no, did I say I can't do it? I'd love to do it. Get me in there. And I was just like absolutely loving it from 20 minutes of peace and quiet. Yeah. Yeah, loved it. If you've got kids just being rammed into a wall for 20 minutes on Valium is pretty much as good as your day gets. Yeah, like a mausoleum. Oh, yes. Lovely death. <laughs> I think that's the thing about space travel. We don't understand why people would go to the moon or risk their lives or whatever. And you're just like, they all had kids, all those astronauts. They're just like, fucking get me up there. Just, I've got to be in camp for months and then fire me. At, has anyone been on Mars yet? Fire me at Mars. Yeah. Oh, I can't come back? No. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm sure somebody else will start banging my wife and raising <laughs> Cyril Smith ends up there alone. <laughs> you lonely mommy. <laughs> he's been proven a pedophile, right? I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to lose him. Like, uh, and he's dead too. He's dead. He's, he's a dead-ophile. Dead <laughs> the, the best kind. <laughs> Say what you like about a dead-ophile. Uh, that that's um, that's my zombie pedophile movie. <laughs> <laughs> the pedophiles. Cocks. Little boys, cocks. <laughs> oh, crowding around Disney World. <laughs> it's really a satire, you know, but. Uh... Oh, that was the I, that was the story I was going to tell you. Um, I was watching, I can't remember who I was working with. Um, Somebody uh, somebody does a little audience interaction saying, um, uh, if you were a zombie, what part of the body would you eat first? So it's a good game, you know, an MC plays it with the thing. And then this is another reason why I hate the Middle East, um, uh, or expats more. Um, the guy went, um, uh, the, uh, the ass, as long as it was a chick. <laughs> I'm so straight, I bring it up at weird times. (laughs) (laughs) You think your sexuality is so strong that it would survive the zombie apocalypse and you'd still only eat a girl's ass. You're eating a guy's brain? Gross. Ooh, (laughs) faggot. (laughs) What else of the guy did you eat? Ooh, ooh. I think Deadophile would be like um, set in Disney World and be sort of like a cross between Dawn of the Dead and Home Alone. <laughs> like, what's a, a dead Joe Pesci. <laughs> and a Daniel Stern, who I believe is dead. <laughs> is he? Uh, I don't know. If he is, he's a pedophile. <laughs> and if he's not, then he isn't. <laughs> Legally there. Yeah, and if I were you, Daniel Stern, uh, I'd 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 go check your health because you know fucking if you die, we're gonna say you're a pedophile. <laughs> Anybody, uh, any weird looking guy, that we, any weird looking famous guy, you better not die, or we're gonna out you as a pedophile. <laughs> Like we did with Joan Rivers. <laughs> <laughs>
No wonder she had to keep changing her appearance. She was wanted in 47 states. <laughs> oh, it was a much older woman who came along and... <laughs> uh, it's one of the joys of having a, a younger girlfriend is it never, never gets boring the way that you'll be watching, like, Raging Bill and have someone be really excited saying, one of the wet bandits is in this. <laughs> You're kidding me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can have one with, with Harvey Keitel now, too. Like, he's fucking, there, there, there's nothing, nothing Harvey Keitel won't do now, I don't think. What is going on with all those actors? I think they have so many families <coughs> over the years because people live longer now. So in the old days, you know, Dean Martin or whoever, they'd just get claimed by cancer in their 60s. The big C would come along and, you know, put an end to their alimony payments. But, you know, <laughs> nowadays, fucking, you know, you just trundle on forever and you've got to go into family movies to pay your million-dollar-a-year alimony <laughs> to all your separate families. That's why they call them family movies. <laughs> Robert De Niro paying for his three families with this piece of shit (laughs) about a wedding. How galling is that? (laughs) Yeah, I think the Catholic Church. If if that's what demons' jobs are, and every time one comes down, they've been banishing them back. Can you imagine? You you know how the pedophilia scandal was big. Can you imagine if demons were tangible angels that had been chased away by the evil organization that is the Catholic Church? And they they controlled the media, the exorcist. It was all all very one-sided. I'd like to... I'd like to see what the demon actually said when he, t- he took over the little girl's body and talked about a financial system that was more fair and you couldn't really profit that much off of it. It just made sure the money kept moving and interest rates, you couldn't, you, you know, you couldn't gamble high. And Be in the papers for a day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they had an angel chained up in the basement of the Vatican and his mouth uh, soldered together. Uh, but uh, this week, uh, Kim Kardashian. <laughs> yeah, look at this. Look at this. <laughs> Kim's ass. Yeah, look at that ass. <laughs> Stop speaking glossolalia, Gabriel, and look at that ass. You and your crazy Enochian language yeah. telling us how to create helium reactors. Yeah. <laughs> Just one, one clipped wing, just sort of <laughs> flapping, trying to get a a bunch of angels in a big giant kind of pigeon coop. <laughs> Mike Tyson, I, I, this is my pigeon coop of clipped winged angels. They set up that rape charge so that I would have to look after these. I'm the only guy who can keep them in control. Shut the fuck up, Gabriel. <laughs> uh, Raphael, <laughs> you pecking at that. Door again. <laughs> Half seeds. That's what happens. We can't. We can't eat seeds. We can't. <laughs> I don't think you tried hard enough. <laughs> I'm gonna pop one stitch in each mouth. <laughs> this tattoo is actually a Gnostic symbol that yeah. stops uh, demons from entering my soul. <laughs> 
It may just look like fun of squiggles to you, but angels cannot attack it. <laughs> Put me in a ring with an angel, see what happens. <laughs> I'd like to see that shit. <laughs> he gets stinging eyes and he can't tell the truth anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Miss America contest once and someone said the winner looked like an angel. And it just triggered my programming. It triggered an altar that had been set within me and I was forced to rape her. <laughs> what do you think happened to the Virgin Mary? Yeah? God just waved a magic wand and she got a baby? No. That was angel rape. That was the start of his big wings flapping away over that poor little girl. It's hard to defend. You look at the nativity scene with the wise men and the, the donkey and everything. If she fucked everything in that manger, it'd be less weird than the conception. <laughs> Can't wait for Bill Cosby to die. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just saying. Oh, I don't. I think you can say just about pretty much anything about Big Bill now that Hannibal said it, and there's not like, I'm going to sue you. Who said? Who said it? Hannibal Buress. Who's that? Uh, American comedian, very good friend of mine. Um, I uh, and uh, just uh, he uh, he opened for me in Chicago when I recorded my first album. So the right. guy that you hear going, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage. <laughs> Bill Cosby is a motherfucking rapist. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We edited out that part, but. Uh, uh, which one of you would like a blue pudding pop? <laughs> no, no, no. Yes, it's a bit spicy dicey, and you shouldn't eat it. It tastes a little fucking strange. <laughs> eat it anyway. <laughs> I'm a doctor. <laughs> I just plead that part so that I would have enough medical knowledge. <laughs> to anesthetize a 19-year-old. <laughs> I don't think you need to go to college for two years just to act in a sitcom. Shut up! <laughs> I'll approach this role how I like. <laughs> now drink your coffee and go to sleep. <laughs> well, that was a great sleep, Billy. I've noticed new types of cars on the pavement and uh, <laughs> a big building across the road that didn't used to be. Yeah, you had a good sleep, dear. <laughs> a little bit of bags under your eyes. This is gone now. Sorry, you seem to be wearing my pants. Get it. <laughs> this coffee, it'll turn your hair gray. <laughs> 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 well, I always liked Bill Cosby. He was one of my heroes growing up. But um, yeah, if it's true, then fuck him. But stand up is good, man. Yeah. 
But you know, he just never followed through on the honesty. As all comedians don't, there's always a certain limit to the honesty. So Richard Pryor comes along and sort of makes Bill Cosby look a bit redundant <coughs> in the 70s because, like, suddenly that stuff that seemed like complete honesty seems like it's very qualified honesty. If Cosby had then gone a step further and said, well, white people do this and black people do this and I rape... <laughs> I do neither. I don't drive either of those ways because I'm busy <laughs> raping interns. <laughs> Think about that. He could have leapfrogged. Maybe society. He was so popular. Maybe society would have gone with him. <laughs> the Coke Pepsi challenge that summer. There's <laughs> <laughs> not an angel that can stop me. <laughs> That's right. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> just what, what what would you do just out of nowhere Bill Cosby showed up with a Mike Tyson tattoo on his face and all of a sudden we couldn't charge him anymore we're like oh, I don't get it but that symbol is making me sleepy Whomp. I am sorry to tell you that the angel Raphael has just been trapped in a giant mouse trap which I baited with the young girl <laughs> you cannot stop me now <laughs> Roseanne had been saying that for ages. So Roseanne kept saying, Bill Cosby is a mass rapist. Yeah. <laughs> Boldly. Yeah. And that's how it kind of it grew from there. I can't believe it, man. He didn't even have a radio show. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have time to present on the radio. <laughs> What everybody forgets when you knock a young lady out is you have to monitor her. You can't just leave her on her own to sleep her off or she'll wake up and she get out. No, you have to make sure she's tucked up nice and you put it and you say, oh, that was a nasty fall you had in the bathroom. Is your head okay? His shirt is this. It's your shirt now. You remember the bubble boom. Think about these jumpers, sis. They ride vomit. <laughs> you got enough colors in a jumper. You don't know if someone's vomiting on it or not. <laughs> it also stops people from looking at your face when sometimes you don't know the authorities to know who you are. <laughs> All I remember is a technicolor dream coming at me and then everything went foggy. Could you identify? Uh, no, it really was an ugly shirt. I could not take my eyes off of it. Look at the dirt, baby. <laughs> I'm drinking tricky bills back again. <laughs> Hurry up and die, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can have Wednesday off if he just dies on Tuesday. Yeah. That's weird, though, when uh, celebrities get caught with rape uh, or charged with rape, the amount of people like, I don't understand. Like, why would you? They could they could fuck anybody they want. That's not mm. what rape's <laughs> about. It's not like Bill Cosby wasn't just down on his luck. And like, you know, like oh, I keep signing up for these dating websites. And it just, <laughs> no burger wants to go with Big Bill, the most famous man in America. Something right the way I talk. Uh, oh, rape's about power, and uh, you know that's um, that's a that's a different thing. Although, like, 
That's the other side of it. Anytime you get drawn too far, like I don't, I don't know why people rape each other. <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was really confidently said there. Thing <laughs> 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 about rape. <laughs> it's got to be in there somewhere. Like, like I think a lot of uh, pedophilia in the past was due to uh, uh, the archaic homosexuality laws, where there was just gay people going, "I don't know what else to do." And, you know, if they catch me fucking another guy, they're going to burn me in a pile of things. So fuck a kid and, you know, hopefully the kid will keep a secret, you know. <laughs> so no, Glenn. Well, I'm going to destroy these tapes. <laughs> so if you're ever charged with anything. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> Don't worry. It's gone. Um, I think there were a lot of clergy who were actually gay. Um, but pedophilia is a separate thing. It's not yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a priest, nor a gay man, nor a pedophile. So I'll connect <laughs> all three if I like. Let's start of a really horrible riddle. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a midget? <laughs> I'm a midget in uh, dog collar. <laughs> No, but I mean, but that's that's what happens if you start trying to imagine too far into in, into why people do it. You know, I'm sure there's. Um, it's like that idiot uh, Richard Dawkins when he fucking decided to tweet the severities of rape, yeah. <laughs> and then couldn't understand why people are like, "You're you're fucking retarded, sir." You know, oh, can I have a discussion about this? Not on Twitter. You don't tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think we should have known something was up when Bill Cosby retweeted it. (laughs) 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 You know what? I believe in God, but I like this Dawkins character too. He says some good things. Don't need to retweet me yet. Who the fuck is Andrew Lawrence? (laughs) (laughs) Wake up, baby. Wake up and look at this shit. <laughs> Favorite? Retweet it or do nothing. Favorite? Don't do anything for a big bill. Where's my trumpet? I made him play a trumpet in that one. I don't know where that. Did he play the trumpet? No, I don't know. I, don't oh, know where. I know where it comes from. His fucking dad was in the Cosby's, who was a famous trumpet player, wasn't he? Or like oh, Dizzy Gillespie was on it once, yeah. yeah. And they'd come around and fucking all go and... Miguel and watch my pop play the trumpet. That was a feature of the Cosby. Yeah. He wasn't called uh, Dizzy Gillespie until he took a drink from Bill. <laughs> <laughs> and he definitely didn't have that sort of cheek capacity before the nap. <laughs> Steady legs Gillespie can really play that thing. I've seen that man stay, stay awake for 48 hours on the trot, just playing the trumpet. <laughs> I, told you, I told you not to drink until the drink. I think I was always as good a trumpet player. It's only when I stopped drinking altogether. <laughs> I'd get incredibly dehydrated, but very focused. <laughs> It's sippy cup night down at the Bill Cosby bar. 
<laughs> I'll get it in there. I've got tiny pills. It's fucking, I'll hit it across the room. It's the greatest, greatest bro hypnol shooter this is fucking time has ever seen. <laughs> Remember Angel Heart with Lisa Bonet? Yeah. The daughter, the beautiful daughter from the Cosby show. And it turns out that he is doing all the murders himself and that um, the, the devil... Louis Seifer. Lou Seifer. <laughs> Played by Robert De Niro, uh, menacingly eating eggs. Um, <laughs> that was actually an attempt to communicate what was really going on in show business. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the Citizen Kane of the 80s. <laughs> this is what it's like in here. Yeah. just They just, at the end, they went, they went right to the... Um, Went right to the thing because um, almost the day before shooting, um, Robert De Niro's character was going to be played by a large watermelon. (laughs) (laughs) Defended by Charles Bronson. (laughs) Okay, guys, here's the compromise. We're going to have a melon dressed as a farmer, but he's going to be called Motherfucker. (laughs) So the film gets to keep its edge and everybody's happy. (laughs) No, it's not a racist joke. It's just... (laughs) It's Bob Dylan's idea. (laughs) The man who secretly runs Hollywood... Where the rumor that it the Jew controls Hollywood, it's not the Jews. <laughs> That's Bob Dylan's real name, the Jew. He's from Minnesota. What else were they going to call him? I think the problem is that I've been speaking in metaphor, and people have been taking it literally. <laughs> when I said it's like eighteen-year-olds being abused. <laughs> I meant figuratively. I didn't mean actually abuse them. And then they just stick a fucking harmonica in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Bob. Just, just play that for a while. Suck on that, Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> in the future, when we all have... Uh, like mechanical suits that keep us alive for 300 years. Anytime you say something contentious, just a little harmonica goes in front of your mouth. <laughs> 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 he claps along. <laughs> Would you please stop doing that? What I was trying to say was... <laughs> I think it's very important that we hold the government to account on... Is that symbols? <laughs> Is there a drum growing out of my back? This dance is not what I want to be doing. Ironically, that's a perfect metaphor for show business. You know what? They'll just take it literally. Literal Bob Dylan, 
no, it's like, it's like everything he'd done had just been taken literally and he was trying to be, there, there was no tambourine man. I never planned to put any songs out and then I wrote, I shall be released and they put it out. <laughs> it's like a metaphor. When I say like a metaphor, that's not a simile, by the way. It's, I'm drawing a comparison. You have to be so precise with how you speak around these people. Yeah. Why am I in charge? <laughs> if only more celebrities asked themselves that. Yeah. Why, why is everyone listening to me? <laughs> I'm sure I'm good at the harmonica, but that hardly seems like a qualification. Surely an elected official of some sort. <laughs> somebody, somebody with some training in the field. <laughs> I'm proposing vocational training for all elected offices. But, you know, don't listen to me. Because <laughs> I'm like self-taught on the guitar. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard me lately? <laughs> Why would you? Oh, <laughs> uh, I wish fame was an elected position. <laughs> that would be great. It sort of is. It sort of is. Well, I guess it is now, eyeballs. but uh, with... Um, what you might call it, uh, the, the stupid shows. Um, there's people, the talent contest. Yeah. The hell are they called? Less people watch them than ever before, so now it's like 10 million <laughs> a fucking weekend. <laughs> Down from like half the country. Well, I blame those shows for the rise of the Bush administration because it taught idiots how to vote. Yeah. And that, that was enough to swing it, I think. Oh, I get it now. Huh. You just, you select the one you like. <laughs> well, does this, does this apply anywhere else? We should run a government like this. They brought out an app for the X Factor that was basically like you tap on the app for applause, the happier you are when the, the act's on. So you do 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 then there was the applause score. And you're like, they can't get rats to do that. Without reward. I mean, they're feeding the fucking rats crack or something. You're doing that at home. You bought your own snacks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm amazed at the half-life that um, people pretend is a real existence. Yeah. You know, you're just sitting at home tapping your iPhone because um, the, the ugly person had a nice voice. Well, I sort of feel relationships are almost like that, though. <laughs> it's just really a bond, a pointless bond you form to stop you in watching the movies that you actually enjoy. <laughs> and try to reach some kind of compromise movie. Um, I mean, if television didn't exist, I don't think relationships would exist anymore. I couldn't be with someone if I had to talk to them all fucking evening. You know, I like these ideas for um, for Valentine's Day cards. I just need you to I need you to shorten them up because they're really long. Like it's got to be one really poppy. Uh, I don't get to watch the fucking movies I want. <laughs> and then maybe like a little. I, and then inside, but I don't mind. <laughs> I do mind. The back. <laughs> Thing is, if you could find a woman who liked the movies that you liked, they would be unbelievably fucking damaged. Mm. 
Oh, speaking of unbelievably damaged, um, the uh, the lady who wrote, who married Charles Manson yesterday, <laughs> <laughs> her uncle should be sent immediately to prison. Her uncle? Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, just... You've pieced that together, Columbo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just uh, in the middle of the ceremony, her uncle's being checked into the prison. Of, oh, hello. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, it's um, yeah. They don't even need DNA for this. I just go. I just go. <laughs> Mad Charlie Manson. It's amazing he's managed to stay as famous when a lot of people have come and tried to take the top spot. And they've put a lot of work in. I mean, they've killed a lot of fucking people. If I was a serial killer, I would, um, I would hate Charles Manson. <clears throat> yeah. He didn't do any of the killing himself. He, didn't kill him. he wasn't. He wasn't at like one of the like it's. It's up in the air whether he was at both crimes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's never been anybody with who's done less and received more. Unless Ted Bundy had writers, <laughs> Manson's. <laughs> yeah, the yarn cast thing, that was me. Yeah, <laughs> he just he just ran with it. <laughs> when we when we met Ted Bundy, he was sucker punching people in bars. <laughs> we made him the killer he is today, or was today. I wonder if whoever electrocuted Ted Bundy got all of his souls. <laughs> Whoa, I feel I've really powered up. Oh. <laughs> yeah. They just think he's got post traumatic distress with like 200 voices in his head. Basically. No, I'm pretty sure. I mean, they've got pretty fleshed out backstories. I think this is really, this is really happening. There's no way I'd remember growing up as a prom queen in Idaho as a result of post traumatic. Stress. Yeah, I've, I've read a lot of the literature and I've <laughs> talked to three of the voices and they say no, no, that, and they're pretty smart. <laughs> Smarter than me. I'm just a, I'm just a screw. <laughs> you get, you get one of your uh, Vietnam vets in here and ask him if there's any detailed uh, stories from high school told from the point of view of an 18-year-old girl. Okay. Yeah. Not gonna, it's not going to happen. No. They claim the only um, the only thing that can happen there is sometimes you get uh, Vietnamese women and children's voices in your head. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing. <laughs> and a couple of hobos <laughs> from when you got home. Hey, do you want me to tell you a story, John? Another story from my life? Sure, I'm not doing anything. I mean, I'm just waiting for the bus. Okay, do you want to want to end with me being smashed over the head with a crowbar and thrown into the boot of a car and driven to a kill site? No, no, I, I tell that one all that all your stories end like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you managed to twist it around every time. Yeah, and every time he flicks the switch of another one, there's. there's Another 300 voices in his head. Before I do this, who did you kill? Because I don't know that I can handle another loud Hispanic woman. 
It was a mute. Okay, you're going. Oh, gosh. Thank the Lord. God, I could kill mute killers all day. God, that's, uh, yeah, they call, it, they call me gimmies in the executioner game. Oh, yeah, you fried a mute killer. Well, you know, first day on the job? <laughs> that's what somebody just said in my head. That's, that's, what, you, uh, that's what you think initially. And then... Uh, you have the unique noise of a frightened deaf guy screaming <laughs> in your head. That is not, that, that's, it's not a pleasant sound. It's like, a, it's kind of like a human rape alarm. <laughs> uh, he, meets, he meets dead women suddenly, uh, 300 dead women at once. You don't want to hear oh, how yeah. he reacts to that. <laughs> Um, I think we're done there, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you spurred me on. Uh, I had a thought about um, uh, rape whistles. Um, I think they should also come with consent whistles. <laughs> Something you could blow when you're really horny. <laughs> Don't make it the same sound. <laughs> Yeah, well, this one's blue and the other one's pink. Uh, so, no, it's dark in that park. <laughs> oh, and there was something I had to... Um... She blew her consent whistle. <laughs> Excuse me, are you Bob Dylan or uh, Bill Cosby? <laughs> I'm Bill Cosby. <laughs> there was just enough air in her lung to blow that consent whistle. <laughs> the fuck? Did you swallow the fucking consent whistle, Bill? <laughs> Something's gone wrong. Yeah. My it's in the morning. Big Bill doesn't sound like Big Bill in the morning. <laughs> my lips went numb after kissing my girlfriend. You <laughs> <laughs> ever picked up the wrong drink off the table and ended up jacking yourself off? <laughs> I had such muscle memory, I molested my passed out self. <laughs> Love me, America. <laughs> in the most uh, misnamed soccer match in the world, uh, Scotland and England are playing a friendly tonight. <laughs> yeah, that should be good, man. Um, we lack talent, but... Part of the thing in Scottish football is just getting people who can't control the the ball as well as you would expect. Yeah, and getting them to do it in possibly the slippiest country in the world. Um, <laughs> and now let's add pressure. And um, if if there'd been an independence vote, it would have been a fucking interesting game. If they'd voted for independence, this would have been amazing. Yeah. Well, how many English people will be there? Eleven? <laughs> <laughs> no, they surely get thousands. The chance to hate people without having to get on a flight. I mean, the English are going to be all over that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it'll kick off. I think uh, no. I think it'll be all right. I think we're all too. It ain't kicking off weather. Yeah, it's too cold. I don't think there's ever been winter riots. No. They just wrote it off as a snowball fight. <laughs> That's the propaganda system for you. 
Um, they had one, but then one guy had slipped and fell down the hill, and everybody said that looked so much fun. Then they, they all started <laughs> sliding down the hill. You break out the water cannon, and suddenly you've got like a 30-yard slide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a bitterly determined protest, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's hard to rock a car on ice. Yeah. You just end up sliding it down the street. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I was dug in there. <laughs> I'm afraid another police car. Yeah. <laughs> it's the paddy wagon. <laughs> Filled it up and took it full. Do you know, uh, I found out a thing about ISIS that I didn't know. Do you know where their uh, funding comes from? In Qatar. 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 Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's all of that, isn't there? Because, like, fucking 9-11 was plotted by Saudi Arabians in Germany. And they fucking invade Afghanistan on the pretense that they're killing a guy who's fucking holed up in Pakistan. <laughs> and then at the end of the mission, they go, mission accomplished. <laughs> what was that mission? And then the mission keeps changing, you know? There's just that whole, uh, yeah, yeah, we're there to um, get Bin Laden. But actually, no, it's more to educate women. <laughs> That's a fucking leap, isn't it? Yeah, it's, you know, just primary education for, for ladies. It's a real priority in our society. Uh, yeah. So much so that we sell fucking weapons to every society that persecutes women across the fucking world. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Britain sells arms to Sri Lanka, who's fucking uh, head of state gassed his own people. Yeah. Who lives and who dies? We let the wind decide with a gas attack. <laughs> wind lottery. Uh, Frankie, those were components. <laughs> what what they made out of those gun parts was, it's like we sold them Lego, so to speak, with some uh, with some cyanide gas, if, if you so chose to put that onto the Lego. It's like the A-team. <laughs> they locked us up in a shed with the cyanide gas bomb and a cyanide gas bomb launcher. What are we going to make? <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. I, when did Germany just suddenly glad to have an army? Like, that was, that was a weird part, too. Like, I thought they were still under, like, okay, knock it off. But... Um, I think it was when they agreed to go to Iraq for the first one. They were like, okay, well, now you've shown you know how to use an army for good. <laughs> Come to the Middle East. They're going to be really all over the uniform design. Aren't they? <laughs> 50 years of pent-up uniform design. They're just going to have a fucking list of rules. There's no leather. <laughs> just, we can't get away with it yet. Yes, it's the dogma. <laughs> It's military dogma. What is too much? Okay, well, let me show you a picture of Gaddafi. Now, that is a fashion crime. <laughs> Crimes against humanity, please. <laughs> I would blow up a jet with myself on it if I walked around <laughs> looking like that. Look at this. He's a little cape. Hmm? Did Hitler have a little cape? He didn't. Is it suggestive of Hitler? Well, okay, slightly. <laughs> but we can get away with a little red cape. <laughs> I heard a story about Gaddafi in uh, the Middle East um, when he had his, uh, one of his many facelifts, um, which shocked me. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> what did it look like before? Uh, he, um, he got the best, uh, the best doctors in the Middle East to do it, and then um, uh, 
took them all into a tunnel under the uh, under the uh, the mansion, and he's like, "Now you're not going to tell anyone about this, are you?" <laughs> In a way that uh, all of the uh, all of the doctors thought they were going to be killed. In that tunnel, over a facelift, and that, my friend, is motherfucking vanity. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great since I had the facelift. Now women uh, who are forced to blow me at gunpoint seem happier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, when when you are pressing the uh, everyone, uh, you you like to have a nice tart face to do it. <laughs> Really helps. When your face is sixty foot high on a wall in front of a military parade, tell me you're not going to want a little help. Okay, <laughs> just a little lift. A little. <laughs> hey, is that a little crow that's walked across your eyes? <laughs> not anymore. Mo and Mahar, what's your secret? Shh. <laughs> <laughs> See, what I would have done if I was him is I would have got everyone else to have saggy face plastic surgery. <laughs> the whole country. Everybody has it. <laughs> Just force their children to hang off their jowls for two hours a day. <laughs> National exercise time. You just need rioters to go to richer areas. That's a standard problem in political dissent. Let's blow up our own bus. <laughs> <laughs> How are we going to get out of here? I don't know. <laughs> we blew up the bus. Yeah, you'll find um, the police have different levels of uh, policing. The, the nicer the houses get, <laughs> and then it's just uh, okay. Throw the rubber bullets away. <laughs> You're in rubber bullet territory, but if you cross over into 67th Street, my friend, that is live ammunition all the time. <laughs> Trump Tower is essentially a sniper nest. <laughs> you think we're building all these skyscrapers, yeah. you idiots? Nothing goes past the fifth floor. The rest <laughs> of that is just a pillbox, if you will. Al-Qaeda took a couple down to try and help you idiots out. <laughs> There's footage, footage of a couple of Hispanic guys out there fighting for like some mad kind of Muslim <laughs> endeavor in Syria, and they're like, "Hey, I say this is the real deal. Look at this shit." You seen that? No. Yeah, they're just out there with fucking AKs, just shooting at people, going, "Shout out to uh, Big S, <laughs> shout out to Big Ray." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like firing over some fucking wall. Yeah, well, it's gonna it's gonna start happening like that more and more. It's just this fucking weird. But isn't that what our armies do anyway? So we've gone from being like a conscription army, uh, which they got rid of after Vietnam because they were like, well, everyone will go crazy and fucking you'll have to have a draft. And now they've got a mercenary army. You know, and that's why you don't have fucking war poets anymore. Because <laughs> like, the poetry that would come out of our fucking frontline soldiers. Sound a lot like gangster rap. <laughs> there was a young man who failed school. <laughs> People thought he was a bit of a fool. He took a lot of crack, went out to Iraq, and his legs ended up in Kabul. (laughs) (laughs) 
I met a team of mercenaries in uh, in Spain once. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. They'd just been back from. Uh, they'd been in Africa somewhere, but they were all English. Um, the trigger man, uh, the one that all the other mercenaries were afraid of, uh, <laughs> with the tattoos on his head, came up to me. He goes, "Can I ask you a question?" I was like, yeah, yeah, you can. He goes, when you were little, did your uncle put his hands down your pants? I said, uh, no. He went, <laughs> just, uh, Fucking hell. just checking. <laughs> Not coming drinking, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. Hello? I wonder what that was the opener for if you went, Yeah. <laughs> Do you know him? <laughs> I think I was about to feel a big mercenary hand down my pants. <laughs> Never. <laughs> he was a goalkeeper, so. <laughs> I felt incredibly insecure for years. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. You, you know there's a mercenary club in London, a gentleman's club? That's where they were trying to take me to. Uh -huh. It was in, like, Magaluf or uh, somewhere. But yeah, they were call yeah they kept going. It's the uh, the one hundred club or something, something weird. Yeah, that's it. Welcome to day two hundred and thirty of our push up competition. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a headline there. Um, Governor of uh, Barrel Barlini Prison in Glasgow says they're losing the war on drugs. You're like you're in a fucking prison. You can search everyone going in and out. You can't keep drugs out. So the fucking war on drugs. Because me and you were saying, like, anyone who talks about winning the war on drugs sounds like they're high. Just, yeah. And maybe everyone will stop taking them one day. And, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, we've always needed them in the past, but I see a future where, you know, table tennis takes over. Yeah, yeah. If everybody could just be like me and quite often... Just took them to a point that you're so embarrassed by your behavior that you can't even touch one. Everyone's <laughs> like me, right? No. No. Most of us, you know, maybe once a month, get, get, a, little, get a little ropey. <laughs> you know, fucking old everyday Billy over there is now, you know what? I became a horrible addict, so I think it's that sort of mind frame that should uh, tackle the world's problems. <laughs> I couldn't handle it, which is why I should be the head of handling it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, did you see that thing about the monkeys? I don't know if we've talked about this before. Um, not the band. Um, because <laughs> uh, there was monkeys that uh, were, they lived beside a, a sort of tourist resort and down in the Seychelles or wherever the fuck it was. I don't doesn't matter. And uh, they started they they realized the power because they were drinking the drinks that were by poolside, and they realized what alcohol did. And they realized where they got it from, and uh, the um, in the monkey colony. Uh, once they realized what alcohol did, 10% uh, of them uh, never touched it. 
uh, 80% uh, drank moderately and 10% um, just fucking got blotto every time they had an opportunity. <laughs> and it's the exact same way that society works. It's also how Bill Cosby fucked a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I had to weed him out. <laughs> I didn't start AIDS, but I gave it a good push. <laughs> I was one of the pioneers of HRV. That is the most sickening Christmas special. <laughs> we just collectively blotted it from our minds. Yeah, there was a Cosby Christmas special. Yeah, you know, now that you say it, Welcome to Bill Cosby's Cocktail Hour with me, Bob Dylan. <laughs> and me, Bill Cosby. Now, where's that dizzy little monkey? I'm going to use all the holes all And he puts his legs up and he puts the thing in the thing and then the monkey's eyes go cross. Yeah. I'll fill time while you're getting the monkey stirrups out there, mm. Bob. Yeah, mm. that, but- the times have certainly been a changing for me. I've been losing three days uh, every month. <laughs> Bill's cocktails. Who's that? Who's that? <laughs> I just let you sleep. I, just, <laughs> I took your pants down once, and you had a, you had a bum that looked like your face, and your face looked like a bum. <laughs> I'm still really tired from the sixties. I honest. bet. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a nap until 1968. <laughs> Cosby's made Richard Pryor look tame now, man. I was just drugging myself. Yeah. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> Why let yourself on fire when you can light a lady on fire? <laughs> yeah, that's the worst. Um, that's the worst defense of Bill Cosby's defense too. Of just, I'm not going to say anything. Do you think, like, who? Who's like, well, that's good enough for me. He's just struck dumb by the whole situation. (laughs) Bill, did you drink some of your own drink there? (laughs) It's like the Princess Bride. He's been in the green room, like, spinning the table round on his wife. (laughs) And she's just outthought him. (laughs) That had built up a resistance to this. <laughs> Maybe <coughs> he's just waiting for the journalists to drink their coffee. <laughs> no, uh, Bill. Uh, 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 <laughs> Just saying stuff to try and make them thirsty. I didn't hear it. I'm turning the heat up, then we can all have a glass of bitter water. Let's talk about salt. Uh, Have more potato chips. (laughs) Everybody loves potato chips. Little cheesy crackers. Oh, yeah, they're talking about now. Richard Pryor took so much um, coke, he was fucking. Pam Greer, and she went to the doctor. Do you know the story? Yes. Uh, and uh, her pussy was turned numb because he was essentially ejaculating cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> That's why comics should never get famous. <laughs> Sometimes it happens to not famous ones. <laughs> <laughs> I seem to remember in Edinburgh. That, that's just what they said to you, Glenn. I think my pussy must be numb, Glenn. <laughs> Don't blame yourself. 
That's cool, man. It's fine. Nothing wrong, man. I'm still the best in the world, and then and then that's not going to change. So whatever. You pussy, no. Yeah. Does your mouth numb? Ah. Anyway. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It doesn't take that much for that to happen, though. All right. I hope. <laughs> I don't know. I share Again, a lot I'm of stories with Richard Pryor, and I think it's normal. Yeah. Is like? <laughs> I thought of putting in, you know, it's like UKIP. So Nigel Farage and me had some back and forth, and he he put a bit about how he preferred comedians like George Carlin and Richard Pryor and stuff like that. And you're just like, what the fuck? Someone's obviously just dictated it to him, right? And um, I thought of going, I'd have thought the only reason that. You'd have liked Richard Pryor would be because he set fire to a black guy, but I sort of thought better of it <laughs> for legal reasons. We do not believe that Nigel Farage would like to set fire to a black man. Uh, I still believe it. I believe it too, <laughs> <laughs> but legally, yeah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> That I just remembered what I wanted to talk about. Um, the I don't know if you heard about this, the Canadian scandal with the Gian Gameshi. Oh, I've heard about it. Of course, yeah. I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Should we explain the story for people who um, aren't from North America? He is a radio presenter in Canada who s- sued the radio station that sacked him, saying that they were just clamping down on his interest in sort of S and M. And, yeah, uh, but what it seems he was doing was um, punching women without asking them. Yeah, <laughs> mid sex. And the, I thought the chilling detail. Uh, at one point, he um, turned his teddy bear to the wall and said, <laughs> "Big ears, Ted won't want to see this." I thought that spoke of hidden depths. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's something I touched on yesterday, and I think people. I think. That man is at heart a homosexual, uh, and it's not—it's not, it's not that gay people punch women. We're calling an expert witness, <laughs> Glenn Wall. No, no, this is why I believe. But I, yeah, I, I caused up a little a little uh, controversy when I said that. But I don't—I don't think gay people punch women. I think a gay man who. Uh, had been fooling himself into thinking he was heterosexual for many years. Would, and it's a possibility that it would manifest itself in, like, you just looking down and go, punch, punch, you know, ah, I, don't, I don't like that. Is this an evidence-free conclusion? What's that? Is there any evidence to suggest? I'm just extrapolating, you know? <laughs> I mean, what's... What, why do you think the man punches women who fillet, that fillet him? I think... His dad was the uncle of Charles Manson's <laughs> wife. <laughs> I think the teddy bear being turned to the wall is something that at some point an adult did to him. And uh, he has essentially compartmentalized a profound disturbance in his life and hates women. Probably hates women if he's punching them. Yeah. And where would that female hatred come from? Well, you know, not from being gay, which I think is much more to do with enjoying musical theatre. Would you? Than, than you do. If a friend of yours came to you and said, 
Here's the thing, Frank. Uh, every time I engage in sexual activity with the female, I, I, I punch and I choke. Would you at no point go, uh, have you tried a fella? Pick on someone your own size. That's kind of what argument. I'm saying. Right. Fair fight. <laughs> <laughs> Even if he's not gay, at least at least a fucking Berlin Fister is going to come right back up, <laughs> stick a big brown knuckle in his nose. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't I didn't mean that racially. Gian Gameshi is Persian. <laughs> I meant I meant the German guy had a brown knuckle from all the fisting before anybody complains. I can't say anyone completed it by this second. This <laughs> <laughs> is tame. Uh, but uh, one thing that I didn't even know about Gian Gameshi, uh, first of all, I feel sorry for, um, he used to go by John Gameshi and then changed it back to these, his um, the, the uh, wow. original spelling, which has ruined it for any other Gians. <laughs> you know? Oh, thanks for changing your name back just before the big sexual scandal. That's, it's like... Um, the uh, the new operation in the fucking hate fuck pedophiles. It's now called Operation Midland. Like, can you imagine if you had a house in the Midlands? You're like, oh, oh, the big pedophile stings named after us. We uh, <laughs> our, our houses already aren't worth that much money. Now we we live in the pedophiles. Are you saying that living here is a type of child abuse? <laughs> Which is frankly, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, the, the, I feel bad for the guy who runs the yew tree shop in the Midlands. I very much doubt that Big Ted would want to see this place. It's disgusting. <laughs> There's a sniper up on top of a building in town centre in Wolverhampton, and there's a queue in there trying to get shot by him. Yeah. Oh, unfortunately, he turned the gun on himself. <laughs> Selfish bloody bastard. <laughs> We're all down to <laughs> waiting to be killed. Time the bus had got in there. <laughs> Turn the fucking gun on himself. And the only thing I'm sorry about in that last one is my accent. Bill <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cosby was from the Midlands. <laughs> I'll turn the gun on her. And then I was, uh, that Bill Cosby, that's little known, used to go to school shootings and have sex with the dead children. <laughs> Fucking an unconscious body must be one of the loneliest activities in the world. Oh, God. You're not even alone. You're with minus one but, people. Yeah, <laughs> you'd take every mirror out of that room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sadly, Bill had the teddy bear watch. <laughs> he just wanted to have two sets of eyes on the situation. <laughs> Who would have thought a radio presenter would be involved in a scandal like that? Yeah, it's just... Phone <laughs> <laughs> in tell us what you think of my perversions. Uh, <laughs> I like punching women on the side of the head while they blame me. Uh, what are your thoughts? Do you you been punched on the side of the head? I I've been punched. I've been punching. It's just a regular bar fight every time I get laid. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mr. Frenchy, what do you think? I don't know. <laughs> oh, get out of here. <laughs> A lot of our crazy characters be doggy punched here all the way till four o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it ends with. 
<laughs> it's interesting legally, isn't it? Now we have to Google all these things. Is he, any, is he suing anyone? So they, <laughs> we're like the last wave of <laughs> actually like uh, those podcasting guys are now calling him a rapist. So I guess he is. <laughs> We never called him a rapist. We said his uh, sexual peccadilloes were odd and ruining it for other people. Oh, yeah. We didn't call him a rapist. No. Um, but we are sort of like the, the battlefield carrion birds of um, legal disputes over sex crimes. <laughs> once, <laughs> once we've arrived, the fight is over. Yeah. It has gone real sex crimey the last, uh, last few uh, sessions. <laughs> well, to be fair... It's gone really sex crimey the last sort of 40 years, and we've just found out about it. Yeah. Well, I think it's always been sex crimey. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we're just finally uh, finally catching people for it. History is written by the victors. That's why they don't put in their sex crimes. Churchill's just like, take out the wave of sex crime that I committed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Dunkirk, keep that in. wasn't great, but... Yeah, he was the reason a lot of those guys didn't want to uh, retreat at Dunkirk. Because <laughs> they knew he was back in England. That's, he was the number one um, recruiting tool in small towns. He would just show up and they would, <laughs> the local young men would just find it preferable to go and... Fight in Europe, then stay around Winston. That V sign was for double penetration. <laughs> what's coming for you? <laughs> and there's eight more where that came from. <laughs> Britain's ten cocked warlord. Yeah, that was the uh, that was the edited passage from War Horse. <laughs> You know that thing, I was thinking about that when I walked by Warhorse. You can be sentimental about fucking animals, but not people, right? You you can't imagine Warhorse like a <laughs> a family friendly story of what it was like to be one of the like millions of prostitutes that have serviced war throughout the, the Uh and not always consensually, if you see the uh the comfort women. Um Sure, yeah. In uh, in Korea. Which, I you know, I I think after a while you just have to change. Like I don't think you should be allowed to call those people comfort women. Like that's not what they called themselves. <laughs> uh, raped, rape, rape victims. Ah, I'll call you comfort women, huh? That sounds better, doesn't it? <laughs> to us, makes us look better. Well, history is written by the rapists. That's the problem. Yeah. It's well, like a lot of things like that, though. You you find language disputed all the time, and you know, okay, that's got a role. But then the stuff that they print, honor killing, exactly. Kill, that's what incest, I yeah. strangling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, strangled my sister because she wanked someone off. It's honor, right? Yeah. Well, aren't you a gentleman? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I find crowds now. I find it difficult to empathise with crowds and they're just drunk and falling about and shouting and stuff. Not all of them, but there's always an element of that on a weekend and you're just like, I've not done this for fucking 20 years, so I've no idea where you're coming from and I don't like people. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, uh, I, I can't really fucking deal with it anymore. 
I don't understand people that uh, don't know themselves by that point. You know, like you see a 35-year-old guy hammered, hammered at 7 o'clock in the evening. So yeah. Didn't you know what was going to happen? Like, you're still doing shots? You're a yeah. grown man. You did. <laughs> Fucking tequila, one tequila, two tequila, three tequila, floor. <laughs> Do you know, like, how hard it is to be around you, sir? Like, any of your loved ones probably kind of wish you dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know? the, last, the last gig I did before I went to London for a wee run was um, at the stand in Glasgow. And some women was totally pissed and just kept fucking kicking an ice bucket under a table right at the front and shouting and stuff. And um, her fucking husband had to get up, had to stop the show and go off so her husband could come over and kind of hug her and take her out of the venue. It was a fucking five o'clock start on a weekend, <coughs> man. It's <laughs> like, you're like, this is like depression. This isn't fucking... A, a kind of Viking good time that Scotland's having. This is like a fucking depressed nation that needs an intervention from a, like a fucking happier country, you know? Like fucking I Chile think, or something. I out. think that's what William of Orange was trying to do. <laughs> Look at these colours! <laughs> Let's have hey. a little march. Yeah. yeah? Get the blood flowing. <laughs> Yeah. Who brought in the majorettes to that march? You know, like we need a grown man <laughs> doing majorette exercises. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you think it'll help? Yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking show who's who's boss. <laughs> like how much? Uh, like how how much was that a um, uh, like a like a an acquiesce? Like was he gonna have them throwing each other in the air too? <laughs> <laughs> they just couldn't get into the cartwheels. Unfortunately. <laughs> it's like the most depressing parade in the world, man. Not a single float, not a single fucking just giant head. Men just. <laughs> Men dressed in bowler hats. That's right. <laughs> That's all you need. I have very firm views on Irish history. <laughs> you, you don't sound Irish. I've never been. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, you. Don't, you don't have to. Pre- protest those parades too that, that that's not gonna last you know that, that, that won't go that, that's got one generation left and then no we don't want to go see the men walk <laughs> and think about history <laughs> we could go and see uh, the uh, cars burning and the car chase and the stunt driving or we could go and see the men walking do you think oh well it's on the same day oh no <laughs> You can keep your monster trucks. We have men walking. <laughs> Sour-faced, angry men. Hey, come on, come all. The sour-faced, angry men are really going to walk this year around. 
<laughs> they should do like a monster truck advert for it. <laughs> Just all these different faces. <laughs> men, men, men. Walking, walking, walking. Can you be good at that? <laughs> oh, look at him. He's going to be a star. The <laughs> finest walking men. <laughs> Dad, I just want to walk. I, I, one day, son. A dad who wants his son to learn how to be a dancer, but the son just wants to walk bitterly in a <laughs> He's no son of mine. <laughs> <laughs> It's also God save the Queen when your life expectancy is in the low 50s. God save, God save the Queen. They seem to live to about 102 on average. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that'll, uh, it's, <laughs> that'll make it better. As long as that lady's still alive, because uh, God knows there's not uh, somebody who's been groomed since they were three years old to take her place. <laughs> Save that particular one, because, uh, oh, fuck the rest of them. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, I, hopefully that, along with those marches, the royal family will soon follow, you know. I don't even mind that they exist. Like, I, I just think it's ridiculous that they're, you know, in gold carriages and, and, and people give a fuck, you know. which is, It just goes to show you, like... Uh, if you could block them, if you could put a media block on them like you can with pornography, uh, they you, you wouldn't even know who they were after a while. Like they have, they have to be on the news every day. They have to be on the money, and I still don't give a fuck about them. Yeah, you know, and they do some pretty weird shit. Yeah, everybody does. You ever <laughs> heard of Gianca Meshi? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they turn their teddy bears around when they're like, okay, we're going to be diplomats, but we're also going to be arm dealers. Ooh, Mr. Big Ears doesn't have to see this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anytime you see the queen turning a teddy bear around, get the fuck out of there. <laughs> I, ate, um, I ate a fuckload of asparagus um, the other night. I don't know if you remember that. but Appalling, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of asparagus, and then uh, I forgot about it, and then uh, in the morning I took a big pee, and uh, then I realized there wasn't a towel in the bathroom, so I got uh, <laughs> went and had to get one. <laughs> Kathleen had to walk into the bathroom after a big asparagus piss. I thought you needed a towel to, like, fucking wipe your no. dick clean. Yeah, well, of like, course. That <laughs> was, like, crazy. <laughs> Crazy piss. I get I get weird when I piss. <laughs> uh, no, I just felt bad. I, you know, she didn't say anything, but she was. The state of that toilet is often in from young Thor, who only eats two meals: um, pizza and pasta. Um, that's nothing. Uh, she yeah, just tuned it out. She stopped breathing in there for years. Because <laughs> sometimes when her passed out, if she's in there for any length of time, she's like a pearl diver when she goes in there. <laughs> Three minute window to change the towels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why the f 
fact that people like pearls? Um, I don't know. They dissolve in coke, don't they? Mm. Yeah, you can dissolve a pearl. Really? If you so wish. Yeah. yeah. Spill coke at a fancy party. You know, you could get some pearls. <laughs> Dumb and dumber stuff. I can't imagine the fancy pearl bedecked party that we would be invited to. But if we were, <laughs> yeah, we'd be with our pearl earrings on. <laughs> Finally, got some use out of these things. <laughs> uh, oh, no, I had another thing to say there. We went off into a different tangent. You've been enjoying Band Aid? Haven't heard the song Live yet. Live Aid, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Uh, I haven't heard this song yet. It's the same fucking song with some of the same cunts in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reserve judgment till there. <laughs> Could you imagine if it was just a great song? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, nobody can. No. Well, even when you're going to fight Ebola, you know? <laughs> they don't care about Ebola. No. <laughs> I think it should have been a song that they had to have include a pun with Ebola in the title. So it had to be a cover song, like <laughs> Shake, Rattle, Ebola or something. <laughs> Ebola, lot of love. Ebola, Ebola, love. Ebola, love. You've been jumping borders in <laughs> The fog on the tine is all mine, also Ebola. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it could be the B-side. <laughs> He's done fucking well, hasn't he? Like a singer in a fucking shit band. No gun has ever heard of. And now he suddenly fucking, you know... The the Earl of Africa. Well, I don't like Mondays was a good song, but you know, like I I never understand how bands can do that. Just one good song, and then they're like ah, we're out of ideas. Like, you know, there's no reason that like that's that song's better than the U two songs from that era. Yeah, yeah, sure. Why did um... he saw another path? And that was getting white people to sing about uh, Africa. Yeah. And in, in, in factually and correctly about Africa. There's this whole idea of like, there. I mean, it seems so obvious that it's a publicity thing and that it's part of these people's profile and how they want to be viewed and stuff like that. It's almost not worth saying. It's almost now like culture is so fucking banal and repetitive. Because at the time when Band-Aid happens, you're like, oh, God, this is fucking awful. I can't believe people are into it. That's how fucking terrible the 80s are. And then as you go along, you're like, oh, they can just keep re-releasing the same record and the same <laughs> sorts of people will buy it and nothing will ever change. Yeah. Well, I see comedy going that way now, too, where people are... Like they're not, there's no, there's not even jokes anymore. They're just, well, it's comedy activism. Like, well, yeah. you, you need a punchline. You can't just go up and go, <laughs> wouldn't it be great if everyone got along? Yes, it would, you simpleton. 
<laughs> How do you propose? Hey, man, sometimes it's not about jokes. It's about just liking things. Okay. What I find about those things is, like, those people often come from very privileged backgrounds. And you're like, well, that's kind of the interesting thing about you. So I saw one of them doing a routine about, oh, I'm in this um, posh airport and, you know, it's £2 for whatever, fucking... Kit Kat I think oh you know but I like the fucking poshness of it and at least I have something in common with you know these people in the city of London and you're like no what you have in common with them is you went to school with them (laughs) you know them and you went to university with them and then you decided to do something different and actually that's really interesting like the thing about yourself that you try to hide is actually like fascinating for comedy I think yeah somebody had to tell you what a charity shop was so you could go (laughs) buy that jumper (laughs) there's your first bit (laughs) there's a thing isn't there about um, this thing in comedy about punching up I read something about Tim Minchin and I like Tim Minchin and the women's going um Oh, he's run out of up to punch. He's taken on all the big targets like the Pope and uh, uh, astrology. <laughs> and you list all these things, right? Alternative medicine. And you're like, no, that's, that's not punching up. Like, everybody thinks astrology is stupid. Like, if he took on <laughs> astronomy, I mean, that would be amazing. <laughs> like, Because that's like where the power is. But, you know, the, the idea of that just doesn't even... And, and what it is at heart is that those people have certain tastes, right? So they want to hear something about why you don't like homeopathy or something, right? Which is not yeah. not, and, not difficult. And and is that punching up? Like, are, are they really using the star charts to uh, to, <laughs> to run the banks? <laughs> you know? It's just, astrology is just for a bunch of really lonely people. Really, really lonely people, and the way I just sort of look at it, like, uh, yeah, I don't agree with it either. I think it's it's fucking ridiculous to think that there's twelve different kinds of people on the planet, and every one of them is going to have the same day. <laughs> it's like, so all the pe- all the Virgos in prison are going to go through that same day, you know? All the uh, all the uh, Pisces living in abject poverty in Mexico City are going to have a lucky number 17. (laughs) I did meet a dark stranger. He was right. (laughs) (laughs) He stole my kidney. Uh, So, yeah, like, it's just, it's, it's, it's easy. But if you look at, you know, even when you go after religion, like, yeah, you can go after the big power structures that run religion, but do you really want to take the faith away from a poor, a Nicaraguan, um, farmer that just fucking loves the shit out of Jesus Christ. Like, is that punching up? Yeah. Well, I think it's also this... I I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that our foreign policy was run by astrology. Because it looks that way. It's just discriminate against 11 twelfths of the people in quite a random way. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, also, it's, it's attributing moral force to what are really just your preferences. So you're like, oh, I'd like to hear something about homeopathy. That's fine, you know. But to say, oh, that's that's like, you know, fighting the power. And you're like, well, it's, it's not. You just like it. You no. know, you can't say everything you like. is. It's is- on the same page as the cartoons. <laughs> <laughs>
He <laughs> <laughs> finally took Garfield to task once he got through with the astrology. <laughs> it's, it literally lasts a load of stuff like that. It's unbelievable. And you're like, well, I don't know. If you were talking about punching up, wouldn't it be talking about IS and Syria and British foreign policy and um, the city of London and the corruption within government and MPs strangling kids? And none of that ever seems to come up. Well, because uh, you're not going to fill the stadium. Yeah. You're, not, you're like, if you, you know... Yeah, punch up, but make sure uh, it's a long arm that you're punching it with, too, you know? (laughs) I hope none of you guys are from Vatican City, because you're not going to like this next one. (laughs) I just find that you've got to... People sort of know that comedy's supposed to be like that, don't they? They've got some idea of George Carlin and Hicks and Lenny Bruce and all that kind of stuff. And they've got some, some folk memory of what it's supposed to be. So then they have to produce people going, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of like that. I'm going to do a thing about why I don't like Keith Lemon. It's <laughs> 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 sort of like uh, George Carlin. Well, uh, what, what any, uh, what any <coughs> critic of comedy or reviewer uh, seems to not understand when they write a review is that uh, you can't control what you write about. You know, like it's just you, you could sit and think about a subject for as long as you want, but you really like if the funny thought comes in my head, um, I'm just going to say it. I don't give a fuck which way the punch went as long as it landed. <laughs> I'm just uh, I'm just showing you my brain. And uh, sometimes it's sometimes it's beautiful and sometimes it's ugly, but sometimes ugly is beautiful. <laughs> you know, who are you to decide? Like the perfect thoughts, you fucking thought Hitler. Oh, we only want well-formed and equal thoughts and very symmetrical thoughts. I've got some real fucking trolls that live in my head, and I'm gonna let them out amongst the wonderful, beautiful thoughts because I'm not a thought racist. And also, and it feels pernickety to bring this up. It's not a punch. <laughs> If you say something to 200 people in Derby, I wonder if they felt that one in Washington. I think you should be allowed to punch people who claim comedy should punch up. You should be allowed to uppercut them. And then go, was that okay? A lot of short guys talking a lot of shit about comedy these days. Very difficult to get an angle on them. That's been happening for years. (laughs) It's weird, though. It goes completely unchallenged. Well, of course it does, because, like, you know, if anyone challenged it, they'd be punching up. (laughs) Get him out of here. There's a good thing they always say as well, which goes along the lines of, um, uh, yeah, I'm, you know, it's, it's okay for someone to do that, but I'm not sure that all the audience are going to understand it, you know. I, I don't know how everybody takes that. And it really boils down to, I'm not sure that poor people get irony. <laughs> Isn't that just for us? I mean, we understand. I thought one of the funny things when... Um when Andrew Lawrence made us sing and um, 
the uh, say any it was in, to some extent true about right wing comedians is it is harder for them to get uh, to get on television uh, and uh, but for the amount of grief he took for talking about women uh, the amount of people who just flat out used the same arguments of right wing comics <laughs> the same people use for women like well there's just not enough starts so that's why, that's why they don't get on television there's just, there's not a, there's not a pool to choose from andrew <laughs> their their minds they are not inherently funny people okay right wing comics aren't funny if you just change women to anything anybody <laughs> anything that's said about right wing comics it's the exact same well I'd like to go further with that there aren't any fucking right wing comics on telly because they're fucking shit <laughs> you know because you know really even like the most who's the funniest right winger I mean, like PJ O'Rourke he's maybe like very slightly funny in the way that you'd had to have a fucking meeting with someone and they turned out to not be a complete fucking bore. That's about <laughs> as funny as the right wing gets because ultimately audiences don't like people fucking, I'm going to say it, <laughs> punching down. <laughs> They're punching down those fuckers. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious where fucking up is and where power is and we all sort of know it. What's... what's like, don't like about kind of any simple thing where people go don't do that do this don't do that <laughs> is it it tends to just ignore complexity and ignore all the interesting stuff and the interesting stuff is what you are and aren't allowed to talk about so you aren't really allowed to talk about foreign policy very difficult to get a joke on I just did a certain live at the Apollo and I'm sure all that will come out but I just did it anyway yeah. Um, but you are allowed to talk about banks and finance and um, banks being corrupt and all that kind of stuff. And you have to think, well, what's the reason for that? Maybe the reason is people just don't understand it, so you can say what the fuck you like. Or maybe the reason is people don't emotionally engage with it, so you can say what the fuck you like. But there's certainly some reason that you're able to talk about something that any propaganda model would say, they won't let you talk about that. They don't talk about it on the fucking news very much, but they can talk about it in comedy. You know, yeah. it shuts off the interesting question. I think it gets populist after a while and people, because I had a big bit about the banks and, you know, dined out on it for many years. Um, but it got, because it pissed so many people off, I think that uh, the powers that be kind of realize if we don't let them talk about this, this is going to blow up on the internet. Same with that fucking <laughs> dapper laughs idiot. Uh who you know there he cuz he really looked good the guy looks really good because uh not only could he have done his sold out tour he could have gone back to the internet more famous than he was before do worse things than he was doing before and become a real cult hero that guy could have been selling out stadiums if he just if he could have lived with you smell like shit into the face yelling that into the face of a homeless guy uh but even he was just like, man, I'm just a cruise ship dancer. I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't do the end game on this. But you know, like any time, I think it's television uh, starting to realize they don't have the power. You know, like any time, if they if they were to go, okay, nobody's allowed to talk about the banks, then there would just be a, a, a much more popular internet television show that would do it. You sure, know? sure. See what I was thinking, Glenn. Do you know who I think must be some of the most persuasive people in the world? Are um, army recruitment 
Because if you're sitting there going, well, I can't, I can't promise that there's a job at the end of this. You know, there's camaraderie, good pay packet. Can't promise at the end of this that you will have your face or legs. Yeah. Would you like to swap a medal for your eyes? <laughs> Do you love straws? Because <laughs> that, if you like, we'll, we'll get you a crazy bendy one, and that's where all your meals will come into your face. <laughs> I say face. Yeah, your thing. <laughs> we'll call it. We'll call it a thing, and we won't look at it. We'll just watch your happy bendy straw bring your pablum into your um, half a system that you have left. I say we'll do that. We won't. No. Uh, no. It's charity does that, apparently. Yeah. But on November 11th, we'll kind of think of you, but not you specifically because you are like a fiddler crab without its legs. <laughs> 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 That's our nickname for you. <laughs> and this is before you even get out there. <laughs> You've not even signed up yet. Look at look at the way we're we're taunting you to your face. You ginger cunt. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, we've got to decide on your nickname before you go into barracks these days. Yeah. Too much pressure on a mercenary army to come up with Witty names yeah, for people. No, so. we, we don't got the poets anymore. We, there was a first to go, and they were the they were the major nicknamers. We've got a couple of writers in here. Although ma- for... ma- major nicknamer is still here. <laughs> he's he's risen through the ranks. <laughs> <laughs> we don't call him that, obviously. <laughs> Blackie. We call him Taffy. <laughs> <laughs> Because he loves toffee apples. <laughs> is that what taffy is? I don't know. Cotton candy. Get the writers in. <laughs> and then just military editors. No, no, no. Look at Dave here. He was in the footlights at Cambridge. Now he's got to stand around here and think of names for cunts like you. <laughs> That's what happens if you have, you have a bad Edinburgh and this is where you end up. Avalon will get you on the fucking military circuit writing nicknames for people who could frankly make up their own nicknames. I have them come in with, with um, child rapist, uh, arsonist, all the nicknames that make people join the army. When else should we talk about, Glenn? Um... Oh, I remembered. Oh, <laughs> speaking. <laughs> yeah, my aunt, I, I told you my aunt's been very unwell, mm-hmm. um, and it caused um, caused a great deal of concern in the family. And uh, now she's out of hospital, and she's she's um, feeling as better as you can um, after uh, something like that. But uh, I wrote uh, <laughs> there was there was a string of emails that were going. Around, around to everyone in the family, uh, just you know, uh, and there was <laughs> it was not there was no like funniness in any of these emails. It was, it was all like the family, um, just uh, you know, worried that my aunt was very ill, and we were all um, trying to 
just tell everybody how much uh, we we meant to each other, you know, through email. Uh, and I wrote read, wrote a heartfelt one, and I I uh, just ended it with uh, I love you guys, you know, just so everyone in my family knew that I loved them. And then uh, I called my uh, mom and dad about a day later, and they were like. <laughs> Like what's wrong with you guys? You know, our aunt is ill. And they're like, you haven't, you haven't read your email, have you? <laughs> like, why would I read my own email? <laughs> I left some words out, <laughs> so I ended <laughs> a heartfelt email with P.S. I love guys. <laughs> I love guys. <laughs> Can you put me onto your subconscious mind, Glenn? Uh, he sent me an email. <laughs> I don't remember sending an email. <laughs> I remember having a lovely dinner with Bill Cosby. <laughs> a glass of wine, one glass of wine, then I woke up 48 hours later <laughs> on the stairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I um, I used my aunt's illness to come out of the closet <laughs> to my whole family. <laughs> like, what an odd time. Well, seeing as uh, we're all... Uh, <laughs> seeing as... We're all sharing. <clears throat> there was, um, I, I remember, there used to be, there used to be a football player called Brian Cox, and he was a very good football player, and he was one of my favorites, and I didn't know he'd switched teams. He was playing for, um, I think. All right, he'd actually switched teams. I thought this was going to be a story about him coming out. No, <laughs> no, it was, um, it was, uh, it's actually a formal football transfer. <laughs> but it happened in the bye week. Um, so you kick with both feet? <laughs> it depends what you're trying to do. Right! Oh! You are the last person I wanted to do that to me. Even with your left. Uh, so I was watching... Uh, uh, the Thanksgiving uh, football and again the whole family like almost every male in my family was watching the TV and I didn't know that that gentleman had switched teams uh, so I didn't know he was playing and he was one of my favorite players and they just said uh, you know number 47 in on the tackle, tackle and I went oh I love Cox <laughs> <laughs> a lot of shoulder looking. Jesus Christ! I'm I'm checking this out on Google, and he never switched teams. Oh, right? he did. He did. He did. Uh, I was having one of my episodes, and then uh, I had to go to a special camp all summer. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was more of a training camp. <laughs> right, it's a good nickname for you, Smith. Uh. Uh, Camrag. Now, the reason the writer's chosen that name is he is psychic. <laughs> <laughs> he, is, he is calling you cum gargler. Uh, cum gargoyle. Because <laughs> you, you're kind of ugly, too. 
That's actually a good one. Come gargoyle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was in the forces. I was, <laughs> I was in the nicknaming uh, platoon. We'd go in, and I mean, people think in the army that you just nickname uh, in-house. No, we would um, we'd nickname the enemy. Special like, forces job. Yeah, get out of there. Yeah, taunt them. <laughs> Towel heads. Oh, yeah. Camel jockeys. <laughs> That's one of ours. Uh, people don't realize that war is actually the, uh, it's, it's like technology. It, uh, it's where most nicknames come from. <laughs> and then they use, apply it. It's like tinfoil. But actually. It's like the digital watch. <laughs> it's not like him. Is he back? <laughs> I thought, I thought you retired. No, no, him and Tinfoil are out in uh, Qatar. <laughs> Special Black Ops mission. He's there as well. Yeah. It, it, uh... I always think it's racist to call him Black Ops. <laughs> that doctor. That African doctor. <laughs> I think it's quite harsh on referring to his short-sightedness as well. <laughs> If you do it far enough away, he's, he's not aware who did it. So. <laughs> uh, we were, it's, uh, lo- people don't know where, where it actually came from. We were, um, we were put together in the First World War. We actually taunted the Germans out of the trenches. It weren't Germans in those days. It was just a generic nickname we came up with for a bunch of people we didn't like. Uh, it started with this one lad named Jerry. <laughs> we herded everyone with the name Jerry into Central Europe and then persecuted them. Yeah, like uh, fucking <laughs> like, like, like sheepdogs just taunting them into a huge herd and then they rumbled across. That is why Hitler always had everybody state his name. Uh, Hitler's not his real name. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think gave him a nickname, Hitler? <laughs> that was the... Uh, the uh, ro- Her Royal Majesty's <laughs> monikers. It's because he fucked a dolphin. That's where he got his name. <laughs> Anally. <laughs> And not, he, I mean, he used his anus like that dolphin. Adolf. <laughs> oh, he didn't like that. <laughs> your, your conscious has to come into it sometimes because if you make something you know is going to be bad, you just know it's got no redeeming qualities, you're actually, in your own small way, Contributing to the end of the world, yeah. you're making you're you're destroying the planet. It's the most hideous review of Mock the Week I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't heard them all, Frank. <laughs> Those are the ones we let you see. <laughs> yeah, um, there's a thing now of actresses writing in there about like loads of casting stuff just comes to them and it's like we're looking for a female dead body, age 25, and a rape victim and a woman who can play scared and all that stuff. And like a lot of acting work for women is victims and you know there's a kind of slightly pornographic I mean if you watch mainstream 
uh, crime stuff on TV, or even just drama, there's a lot of fucking naked female de- dead bodies, and there's a lot of battered women mm-hmm. and, and murder victims and stuff. Pretty fucking creepy. Well, you got to start watching different shows, Frank. <laughs> well, I'm loving it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I once watched a German rom-com uh, in uh, Australia. Like, I was just just came home after the gig, and it was just... They've got a weird channel that plays, like, foreign cinema. And it was just, um, just like, uh, you know, I, I sort of was enjoying it. Like, going, oh, this is how the Germans do a rom-com, and... Uh, Subtitled, but, you know, light and breezy and airy. And then right in the middle, a guy just beats a woman to death and puts her in a bag and throws her in the lake. And then the rest of the movie is about this guy trying to get out of... (laughs) I was like, what the fuck? You can't... Come on, Gunter. Don't do that. (laughs) And it made me wonder, like, did Germans know that was going to happen? Like, was it like... uh, the darkest lake, or is that a German rom com? <laughs> yeah, and then uh, humorously he beats her to death and throws her in the lake, and then it tries to get, you know, the rest of it is the, is the harebrained schemes that he tries to get out of it with. <laughs> My uncle fucked a dolphin. <laughs> yeah, and that's where Jerry Bruckheimer came from. <laughs> It's called uh, Four uh, Nationwide Manhunts and No Funeral. <laughs> there was no funeral. They never found about him. <laughs> Closed casket. You decide where you think she is. There's a gravestone here, but the body is haunting the lake. <laughs> and uh, we will make the sequel about uh, fishermen who catch your soul in a piece of herring that they're trying to get a trout with. <laughs> we need to make another wo- movie about a woman who is drowned or beaten or gassed or <laughs> smashed against a tree. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much everything, isn't it? I mean, you can like, put on fucking BBC it. Eight o'clock in the evening, and they're just like some fucking women being thrown into machinery, and it's just there's no two ways about it. It's because it's made by guys, <laughs> you know. You're just like guys in bad marriages. <laughs> okay, you can change the you can change anything you want, but the name of that woman stays the same as in the script. <laughs> I don't even think they're in bad marriages. I think they're in marriages that they're making bad because they want to throw women into machinery and crash them into fucking walls. <laughs> Honey, I just tried to help. I read your script there. And do you think maybe, like, all the women couldn't be hacked to fucking pieces and thrown down a well? Yeah. Honey, I want to bring up some scr- plot points with you, but can we do it downstairs? I just want to be away from the stairwell. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm always surprised um, uh, just how much dramas can do whatever the fuck they want, you know? Yeah. Invoke anything they want, like the Holocaust or rapes or anything. And they're like, well, it's a, it's a drama. It's a drama about that. Uh, we'll be selling advertising in it. No, don't get, don't get me wrong. We will, we will be profiting off of rape. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, God forbid anybody tell a joke that just has the theme in it, you know, and not even, you know. Yeah. Because um, newspapers in the news, as we know, 
Most rapes punch up. Was <laughs> 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 I thinking about that thing? Yeah, there's an extent to which, I mean, what what they really ask for in comedy is for you to kind of sweep your stuff so that nothing could be offensive to anyone. And you're just like, that's not how reality is. Something's offensive to everyone. A newscaster going, oh, you get an extra hour in bed today because the, the clocks go back or whatever. If you're a paraplegic, that's incredibly <laughs> offensive. If you're a quadriplegic, you can't even put the fucking clock back. You're going to wait fucking six months. You've defended for six months. <laughs> you have to remember. <laughs> oh, but you'll remember. <laughs> there's very little you forget. <laughs> Honey, I was reading your script and there's bits where it's just my name and stuff we've said to each other that ends with me being thrown into a meat locker. <laughs> and it's not explained how I keep coming back to life. I mean, I get, I get hacked up. And thrown into a well at the end of scene three, and then in scene four, I'm I'm talking to you as I am talking now, like literally these words. And what are yeah. you doing? You have to think whoever uh, whoever wrote the the uh, series Heroes, the first series of Heroes, was very rejected by a cheerleader at some point. <laughs> Boy, this cheerleader keeps dying. <laughs> she <didn't> fucking die. <laughs> She's taking a lot of shots here. Oh, you fucking! You should. Yeah, uh, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to do something with this plot point. All right, we'll do whatever you want with it. But she, she keeps dying. If you came into your kid's bedroom and he was fifteen and he had painted a mural that was basically, you know, uh, British mainstream drama at nine o'clock of a Saturday evening, you would be fucking horrified. <laughs> Fucking women hanging in fucking meat lockers and blue faces underwater and fucking, you know, sex slave rings. And you're like, what the fuck? This is their seething, maggot-ridden fucking psyche. And then you make a fucking joke about Bill Cosby. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and not even, like, gritty crime dramas, but... uh, um, you know, even like goofy ones where um, Poirot or Angela Lansbury. Like, yeah. could you imagine <laughs> if instead of murder, they always had to solve a rape? I used to have a joke about that. Oh, really? Rape, rape she wrote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and here's a, I don't know if I talked about this before, but do you know who uh, Angela Lansbury's daughter was in the Manson family? What? I ever told you that? No. Yeah, uh, out out before the murders, apparently. But a lot of people were in the Manson family, and Lynn Lansbury's daughter being the most famous. Um, and that's what I said. <laughs> Funny. Never tried to solve that one. <laughs> she never wrote about that. How did she be quiet? That was a big murder. That's the one everyone knows about. <laughs> Do you know who the first people picked up for the Sean Tate murders were? The Bee Gees. Almost. The Mamas and the Papas. Yeah. Really? The Mamas and the Papas were um, Polanski's Coke dealer. Um, that's where he got his Coke from. Okay. And um, they had been round there the previous evening. And they all got picked up and roasted. There's some that was. <laughs> kind of Coke dealers travel in force? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you need to fucking harmonize a deal, you know. <laughs> or there was that much Coke. 
Mama Cass wasn't a she large was a, lady. That was that was cocaine. <laughs> Mama Cass, you were a terrible advert for our product. So you have to stay at home. Yeah. Mama, stay in the car. We're trying to get a lot of money for this. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot of those bands. I mean, it's now coming out um, with the... Uh, well, they're just, they're just getting the DJs. They're not actually getting into the bands for the uh, exact same behavior. <laughs> you know? That's the power structure. Isn't it? <laughs> that pedophile played my pedophile record. Get him. <laughs> it was sweet little 16. I mean, aren't they picking you up? <laughs> you know, fucking Chuck Berry and get these fuckers. Um I, yeah, there's, a, I think there's a Stone song where it's, I don't care about your age. No, <laughs> I don't want to see your ID. Get in the bed. <laughs> uh, that, that could mean anything. <laughs> it's a metaphor for pedophilia. <laughs> well, I think there's one Beatles song where... Uh, it's like little girl, like they just keep going, little, little girl, little girl, uh, bang, bang, Maxwell Silver Hammer, he beats a woman to death with the hammer. Yeah. They also wrote Little Children for someone else, the Beatles, you remember that? No. Little Children, stop hanging around here. It's a guy trying to fuck their sister, but she could be any age. <laughs> they had to give it to someone, they couldn't even, we, we can't say this. Yeah, yeah, we <laughs> But did you know that um, the either Peter or Paul, I'm not sure which, but he's been to jail for uh, pedophilia because um, she got caught in the 70s. Uh, some autograph seekers came to his hotel room and he fucked one of them. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he served time. Out of Peter, he Peter served Paul and Mary. Out of Peter, Paul and Mary. And, um, what did they sing again? Puff the Magic Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of and course. Uh, on Jimmy uh, Jimmy Carter's last day in office, he uh, exonerated him. Wow. Yeah, so thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, okay, so the children's song singer that's been in jail for pedophilia, is, he's okay. You don't think he'll do that again? <laughs> What's he going to do? <laughs> well, he's probably going to put that big Barney suit on again <laughs> Start working children's parties <laughs> High flying adorns <laughs> Holy crow, man <laughs> We've only got we, we almost, yeah. It's almost two Good. <laughs> All right, we're back on. We're um, in a studio for uh, this album, and uh, it's going to be different for people who heard any of our early stuff. It might be a bit like R.E.M. You know, they preferred it when they couldn't really hear the words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this overproduced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like I, I like the subtitle days myself. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to turn the sound. Sorry, I've got a new phone here that I don't actually know how to turn the fucking turn it on. Vibrate on ring. Vibrate. Okay. 
Sorry. Sorry, everyone. I'm not cool like you. It's all right. We get, we've got a nickname for guys like you. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I knew this day was coming. <laughs> General's actually a nickname for people who just don't really understand the specifics of the mission. They tend to get overpromoted. <laughs> it's all nicknames. The quartermaster is actually a dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> who owns a cotton? <laughs> cotton farm. <laughs> I'd like to think of a nickname for the privates, but I can't find out anything about them. <laughs> and you're not allowed to touch them. <laughs> Did you know <clears throat> if you take a colonel and heat him in oil, he pops up to eight times his natural size? <laughs> That's not true, by the way. <laughs> Don't try that. No, no. Uh, they they, uh, they tried it in an ISIS video, and it was just a lot of screaming. <laughs> and then not. More than normal. More. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he lived, but didn't want to. <laughs> you got a bunch of them together in a bucket. <laughs> and... To be honest, the screaming really reached its peak when they forced them to watch Fast and the Furious 6 together <laughs> with a giant. Before that, they were handling it, really. Um, I don't think the salt helped. It was, uh, it was, it was only the three that didn't pop. That was, that was where most of the screaming came from. <laughs> They tried to reheat them and pop them again, but it just, I, I don't know, it doesn't work. What else are we talking about? Uh, oh, that was a loud clearing. Yeah. <laughs> did you have an idea, Glenn? Yes, I did. <laughs> I, I thought, I don't know how this iPhone works. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, here's how you do it. You, um... You put it on settings. Everybody at home is like, nope. Settings and notifications off. Or, right. I've managed to get it, so it only informs me when I get junk mail. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a hotline to useless attempts to steal from me <laughs> and women who want to fuck me in the Lanarkshire area, <laughs> despite the fact that I don't live there. <laughs> But I can travel. Women want sex in Lanarkshire. I know this. Why are you telling me? <laughs> they can't have it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a series of buses that you do not want to drive. <laughs> oh, we were having a talk about um, pedophilia in the um, in the BBC um, at lunch, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> Well, we can. Yeah. Well, we kind of both saw the football game together yesterday, so there wasn't much to talk about there. But uh, um, yeah, apparently in the fifties, you know, there's some child actors who had to be warned, like you know, don't don't let the beware of the pedophiles. Yeah, and this is pre-Savile. This is like nineteen uh, fifties England, and uh, this is. 
what never comes up at a like a BNP or a, a Britain First rally. Like, <laughs> we need to take it back to the days where pedophiles roam free at the BBC. <laughs> All white, literally. <laughs> what is wrong with that culture of entertainment? <laughs> hey, it's deep, deep in the culture. You don't get fucking the cast of Seaside Special getting together to have to explain that this isn't what all entertainers are like. <laughs> it's, it's, our community, our community is very saddened by this. <laughs> Savile couldn't have been more white. He was. It was like he was trying to make a point. <laughs> Uh, the shell suits, arguably. <laughs> <laughs> They've tried to ask him on Ouija board, but it's pretty much just vowels. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who didn't like the nicknames? Always complaining about it. Snipers. Always complaining behind your back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, well, you never know when you've upset a sniper. <laughs> you don't even hear the fucking gunshot. <laughs> Ever told you a story about her? That's be, that'd be great. The snipers' nicknames are all Big Cock, <laughs> Ladies Man, <laughs> Ruler of the Universe. <laughs> I um, did a gig one time in uh, Dumfries. Oh, and, yes. Uh, this. Uh, Lady and her pal, who were a couple of students, uh, knew my daughter. So they lived near my daughter and they used to play with her and all that kind of stuff. So they asked for tickets to the show and they came along. And uh, afterwards, we're sitting talking to them. And one of the acts that's along with us is an Australian gentleman um, who is... Well, first of all, I don't believe you. (laughs) (laughs) This is all true. No, it's just the Australian gentleman part. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you're you're hanging out with an oxymoron. All right. He's a sexually persistent gentleman. Okay, I believe that. Uh, And uh, so this this girl's there. She's engaged, right? So we're talking about my kid, you know, and uh, we're we're having a laugh. And he's like, uh, so, engaged, are you? (laughs) She's like, yeah, and he keeps hitting on her, and eventually goes, uh, so uh, what does he do? And she's like, yeah, he's a sniper. He's a sniper in the army, and he's in Afghanistan at the minute. And uh, the guy just like literally takes him about two beats, and he goes, uh, must be away from home a lot. <laughs> she's like, the last, the last trouble you need. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that is a very specific sexuality. I like to fuck snipers' wives. <laughs> I think as a child, I was fucked by a sniper's wife. <laughs> I think I could spend the rest of my life uh, never walking in front of a window. Yeah, <laughs> it's possible. I mean, it doesn't even have to be fucking their wife. I just like to agitate snipers. <laughs> Any any way I can, I like I like to point them out in war zones. <laughs> he's over here. Look, he's in that tree over there, not twenty yards from me. He's right there. <laughs> That's the worst sniper rifle. It's <laughs> better than the Australian boys. Spat on him. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think snipers are good? Like, are they great spitters too? Like, just any aim thing. Anything. They're like bullseye. 
my bills are in the comics, you know, playing cards, a peanut, anything. They just kill you with it, man. <laughs> they got nothing else to do. They're sitting around for fucking 20 hours waiting for you to lift your helmet up to scratch your temple. Oh, there you go. Yeah. They're just really patient. Snipers, uh, they, they like to put itching powder into the wind. <laughs> <laughs> the desert must be amazing for them. <laughs> There's no way you're just standing still in this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you want the heat or the bullet, because one of them's going to kill you. There was an Iraqi um, sniper who killed lots of American soldiers. And it was just the, when your vest stops fitting, your bulletproof vest, if you put on a couple of pounds, you just raise up ever so slightly and you can get in under your bottom rib. Just fires in under there. It only needs like an inch gap at the bottom and you're dead. And he killed a bunch of people doing that. So don't overdo it at Christmas in Baghdad, which they don't celebrate that much anyway. <laughs> Pretty much every day is Halloween. Can you imagine? Like you're already in a you're 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 at an illegal war <laughs> party. You haven't been invited to, <laughs> and and you, you you're away from home, and now you can't eat either. <laughs> you got a fucking snoop supermodel around the desert going out to have a salad. another day of practicing standing very still in a direct wind with sand in it. <laughs> yeah, luckily we brought some freedom over with us. <sighs> what was their mission then after a while? Untrained police force. Yeah, no. that's gone badly. No, uh, well, we were hoping that a guy with sounds, who made a lot of sounds, would come in and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One really big guy. A <laughs> couple of inappropriately Japanese characters. <laughs> Where's Gutenberg? Get Gutenberg out there. He's not doing anything else. Put oh, together God, Iraqi police academy. That has to be the next police academy. <laughs> <laughs> Cosby could fucking get in there. <laughs> A lot of people are going to be struggling for work who's going to end up in those Police Academy films. Bill Cosby stills in Nash. <laughs> <laughs> the um, the Police Academy noises guy just wouldn't be able to make himself heard over all the fucking drones and bombs. <laughs> yeah, they'd just think it was funny someone only had an Uzi. <laughs> uh, it's okay, it's okay, it's just Uzi. <laughs> It's the till noise behind you, can't you? <laughs> Sorry, it sounded like a 5,000 pound bomb landing on my village. <laughs> it was R2-D2, okay? <laughs> I'm deaf anyway. <laughs> we all are. What? <laughs> all they see is him moving his lips and think he's constantly trying to call a cat over. <laughs> is he doing that? What is this cat? Uh, I think there was one other thing I brought it down yesterday Here's an interesting thing Do you know what else was happening during the LA riots? Not just the death of Iceberg Slim 
possibly witnessed by Mike Tyson and Don King. Uh, the finale, the final episode of the Cosby Show. <laughs> it's true. Went out in the middle of the LA riots. And almost as if they were trying to sedate people by putting on this finale of the most popular show. So he was a sort of living sedative. <laughs> There's a great James Elroy no- novel there, like a black James Elroy novel about all the Iceberg Elroy. Crossing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like a really bad novel about them all fucking trying to make up for their crimes. Because really they're like the three types of rape. They're drug rape, violent rape and sort of coercive rape. And if they sort of, during the early riots, tried to get Bill Cosby's stash into the reservoir to calm the populace, and fucking Tyson just hurled the dying iceberg slim at the reservoir like a javelin clutching <laughs> Bill Cosby's cocktail shaker. And you also forgot accident rape. <laughs> That's where a series of unfortunate events... Perhaps a tumble down the stairs, a slip on some ice that coincides with penetration. <laughs> I mean, it, it's never worked as a defense. <laughs> well, not twice. <laughs> <laughs> don't Google me. Uh, yeah. In my defense, can I say don't Google me? Yeah. <laughs> and, and here um, I was showering and uh, I stepped on the soap. And uh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> to illustrate this, I've brought out the game Mousetrap. <laughs> the um, the tones of the rape whistle and the consent whistle are too close, Your Honor. I know you ask yourself, what's a consent whistle? Well, here's one that I've found. <laughs> I'm not a rapist. I'm just tone deaf. You can't jail a guy for being horny and not musical. Unless it's Lenny Kravitz. I mean, give him 10 years. I think you'll find Phil Spector is still uh, <laughs> serving a lot of time. That's crazy, man. What? How, you're, these connections you make, mm-hmm. do you have like a big list of things on calendars and you just go back and like well now that Bill Cosby's um, evil let's just see okay uh, Bill Cosby's birthday no nothing the Hindenburg that's not <laughs> that's not applicable it's reality man it's just it's trying to tell us something like yeah we don't know what it is I think the uh, elephant on acid is now controlling time. <laughs> They're talking there about how an elephant was given a big dose of acid in a famous experiment and just lay down quivering with fear and died. I Although, like that on acid. Um, what they don't say is that uh, before that, the Hindu religion did not exist. <laughs> <laughs> and then, just thought it into being. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they were uh, they were Pentecostal up until the sixties. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Some magic elephant uh, fractured time. But I don't th- I don't think that has anything to do with all that acid we gave that elephant. I think that just happens sometimes. Pakistan was actually a Methodist uh, split off, and uh, Gandhi was a bun. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, they all love Gandhi. That's because he was a bun in the element, elephant's imagination. <laughs> I'm just glad my God doesn't have a bendy nose. <laughs> It'd be tough to take him seriously. <laughs> uh, Moses? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> what, uh, what, do you, what do you want? Well, I'm going to show you how to cross the Red Sea, because this thing is like a fucking snorkel. <laughs> 20,000 people drown behind him. How much, everybody? Yeah. yeah. Maybe all the other religions ended happily before the elephant fucking broke time, you know? Jesus just ended with him maybe throwing a few fucking chocolate bars about and flying off into the sky, and then the elephant took over and suddenly he's fucking nailed to Sent him back. <laughs> Get out of heaven. You're going back. It's going to be weird, elephant. Weirder than this? No. No, actually. Now that you say it, get behind that boulder. I'm going to send them. Why did Jesus come back? He forgot something. <laughs> oh, and another thing. <laughs> Don't fucking nail me to a cross again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, turns out uh, wounds last into, um, into the afterlife. You dicks. And uh, <laughs> now I have a person that come, follows me around and gets my change for me. Because <laughs> I'm fucking leaking over here. And it goes in my hands. Doesn't go in my hands. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. It's just going to be a tough sell, this whole religion, that you've come back and said you're really angry that we killed you and you're going to slowly boil the planet. So uh, <laughs> let's put some hope in there. Hope's overrated, man. It's the hope that fucking hurts people. Hope, hope, you know, understand why we don't want people without hope. Because they're realists. Nobody likes realists. Has anyone done anything? You ever, you ever seen an elephant? Yeah. Yeah? I love them. How many have you seen, do you reckon? Uh, I was in um, northern Alberta once. We'd driven for um, 10 hours to get to the gig. Uh... It was summertime, and, um, you know, it's just boring. It's boring on tour in northern Alberta. There's nothing to do. And uh, we were driving, and the comic, an old road dog who kind of, you know, he'd seen his best years, and uh, this was as good as it was ever going to get, just fucking touring northern Alberta um, until you, you until you die, which was probably pretty soon. You know, I'd imagine it's not the best life, <laughs> not the best lifestyle. So you and Ron Vaudry are doing a tour. <laughs> <laughs> Where does the elephant come in? <laughs> uh, well, that's the thing. Um, it, the circus was in town, and there was an elephant chained up in the uh, in the the parking lot of the Dairy Queen. Sure. And uh, I like we drove past it. And he was speeding to like just in the middle of town. I'm like, holy fuck! What? I'm like, did you see that elephant? Where? Like, if you don't, 
There's nothing I can <laughs> add to the story. If you don't see an elephant in northern Alberta, <laughs> oh, beside the, the telephone pole. Oh, yeah, 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 that's the elephant. <laughs> Some observational comedy for you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you ever notice a door just just locked and, and your wife's on the other side of it and, 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 and you're, 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 you're going to get to see your kids anymore? You ever yeah. notice that? My wife, I think, is having an affair with a giant mechanical bee. <laughs> what I can tell from the sounds coming through the bedroom door. Uh, I bought a giant newspaper and bust in on them both one time. And, uh, all, it, all that was left was the stinger. <laughs> she was, she, he, he'd got her in quite a sensitive spot, but she was getting it out there. And I, I don't know how to tell you this, but all I could hear on the air was this sort of ghostly laughter of an elephant. <laughs> I can't tell you how I recognize that sound, because it's a horrible story. I usually don't notice elephants. <laughs> That's, I have a condition. I can't notice elephants. And uh, it's never really come up except that one time, that little shit on his way to England. Oh, well, you're still opening for me, so fuck you. I know fucking comics who would notice an elf elephant in the gig. <laughs> they would after the show. <laughs> so you're in the, uh, you, you, one of the hen do? Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's fuck. <laughs> You married? Okay, let's fuck. <laughs> I watched that thing on the internet with the guy. I can't remember if I, if I told you this earlier or we did it, so I'll just tell the story again. Um, but there's an old man. He did an interview on the internet. He said he was like a NASA scientist. And um, he, uh, he said that the aliens are real, and there's good ones and there's bad ones. And um, they speak by, um, they just telepathically speak to you. Like they'll speak to you with your own voice in your own head. And I was like, well, that's why they've never made contact. They can read our fucking minds. You know, like as soon as they come down, they're like, okay, how many of them are thinking of fucking us? All of them. All of them want to fuck. What? Like all of them are like, I bet, I wonder if I could fuck that. <laughs> I could fuck. I wonder, could I fuck its nose? How, do they fuck through their nose? Like, that would be all our, you know, and then we'd have, like, the president of the world come up, like, yes, we'd like to talk to you. And they, they're just looking there. TripAdvisor reviewed, don't go to Japan. <laughs> yeah, they don't care that our skeletons are made of water. They really want to fuck us. <laughs> I was thinking about, um, that's thing I was saying about people punching up and all that and astrology and everything. You're like, some of these kinds of things are sort of related, aren't they? Of going, oh yeah, comics who attack, you know, alternative medicine and um, debunkers, you know, there's like sort of psychic debunkers like James Randi and sort of Dawkins as well. They're all sort of going, look at this stuff, it isn't real. And we're kind of like, yeah, we know, you know. Yeah. Like, I'm going to make Yuri Geller look foolish. <laughs> <laughs> we, we know. 
we, we know it's not real. Yeah. We we choose to fucking take other things from those stupid things for yeah. various reasons. I'm looking forward to Richard Dawkins' expose on professional wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've always I've always found that about that too. Like, uh, and you know. You you watch to a man every one of them or a woman depending on if a woman was doing it too. Um, there's other things that aren't real in our society. You see you watch uh, you see how how much they'd want to like money. That's not real. Yep. So uh, can I have your money, Richard? That it's no. It's, there's a purpose for it. Like, I'm not just going to give it to you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so you, it's like a belief system. It's like God without any conscience. Hmm? Is that what money is? <laughs> you know? It's trying to sort of isolate bits of irrationality that you don't like in an almost entirely irrational world. So fucking this big thing about Mylene Class was, I couldn't believe it, actually on a show with Ed Miliband to his face going, tax my mansion, you might as well tax a glass of water. <laughs> You're like, no, because like everybody's a glass of water, only very rich people have mansions, you know, he doesn't even say that, right? <laughs> and then people are like, ah, oh, this is a terrible myling class, and you're like, but she's not qualified in any way to talk about that. You live in a society that has put her in a position where she's on with the leader of the opposition talking about taxation. Exactly, yeah. And then go, well, that fucking reality show singer wasn't very qualified. Yeah, um, okay, well, we've we've... We've learned our lesson, and from here on in, it'll be H from Steps. <laughs> Let a lion tamer have a crackhead. Yeah. Who else is in the audience? <laughs> what was like you said about the, uh, the BBC? Oh, yeah, there's a show called um, People Telling Jokes, um, which I think they took off the internet. There was a thing called Old Jewish Guys Telling Jokes. You know, right? Uh, so they do a different thing every week, and it's like Irish people telling jokes, or rabbis telling jokes, or whatever. And it's just people, punters in the street, telling old two guys walking into a pub jokes, and it gets four hundred thousand people. So it gets like maybe a million less than you would expect at that time of night. And it's yeah. after something that gets like two and a half million. So like literally two million people. Yeah. Switch it off. Yeah. Well, it it'd be the same as just going into the street and handing instruments out. Saying, I wonder if anybody's capable of playing playing the trumpet. Welcome to street carpentry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've produced this um, pile of wood shavings. Oh, <laughs> looks flammable. Oh, oh it is. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. You, can't com- you can't complain if Mylene Class... Yeah, why should she know? Although, if she said that about a glass of water, that's ridiculous. You die without a glass of water. I don't think anybody's died of mansion deficiency. (laughs) (laughs) You'd have to have a really big family. (laughs) People do pay water rates. (laughs) It's not like... It's just, I mean, there's, there's nothing... Yeah, I'm starting to get the feeling she really didn't know what she was talking about. Like, she was some sort of entertainer. In up uh, on a mansion on the hill, and I'm not kidding. That's where she lives. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a yacht tax. I mean, it's like almost like a actually <laughs> a tap in of just yeah, you know, uh, barely anybody's got this. Yeah, anybody should pay a little extra money. They won't even know. Their PA will just sign a check once a year. I think their problem is it's probably a tax they can't avoid. 
Like I think, yeah, <laughs> yeah like I think the uh, the accountants came out and went, yeah, they've they've really got you here, and they're not. I I bet you they're not going after. Um, I mean, they're going after the rich, but they're going after Saudi and Russians. That I mean, that's who owns the mansions in uh, in England. So they're just trying to fucking get it to be like, like especially um, they overpay for mansions because they've got so much money, and then uh, that's yeah. what that's what uh, bumps up the rest of the prices. They'll so. take their mansions offshore. They'll actually become a kind of war island, a sentient war island. Yachts are pretty much that. Just Yachts are these, taking your mansion offshore. Yeah, all these cavities through Primrose Hill of <laughs> where a mansion used to be. It's just they've actually helicoptered them into the air. <laughs> so they're just a mansion hanging by four military helicopters. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the yacht, I think, uh, doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't know if you've been on a yacht, but... It's not much fun, you know, because it's like being in a fucking really nice house that's moving in a sickening way. Yeah. Um, and I think the the thinking behind the yacht is get a yacht, stop off at Jersey, grab some children, go into international waters and kill them. I think that's pretty much what... All, and what we need, what we need to do is tax every step of that. There's the uh, orphanage tax. There's the sa- the sales tax at the orphanage. There's the mortgage tax. Get make sure that at every step of their drown fucking children uh, off their yachts, that you know the government gets its slice. Well, we saw we saw the Gigi Allen videos last night. Yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing about it today in the shower. Gigi Allen is a guy who was like um, uh, punk who would sort of run into the audience naked. He sang naked. He rarely got through a bit more than three songs. It's no show because he'd lash out at the crowd, punch them pretty hard in the face with the microphone. Well, he screamed stuff about cancer. And, uh, <laughs> I believe the line was. Die, die, die! Everybody's gonna die. If you got cancer, you're gonna die. If you've got AIDS, spread it around and take some lives. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was the time. Uh, see, I'd seen the the I'd seen the the documentary before, but when Frankie heard that song, he almost <laughs> fell off the couch. <laughs> it was perfect. And it was a good bet where he sort of um, went to jail for a couple of years. I think for burning a woman with a cigarette. And uh, then he came out and he'd worked out a bit and he was able to then pack up people from the audience, drag them <laughs> back to the stage so like their friends could be of less help and then he'd kind of get on top of them and punch them into the, the stage. <laughs> and I've felt like that so often. I don't think you can be a performer and not quietly appreciate what he was doing <laughs> like we've all had gigs where you think that's offensive you don't like that well luckily i didn't have my pre-show shit so i'm now going to it's not enough that it's there I'm going to sort of pick at it with my finger, take little dollops out and eat it, and I'll smear it on my face. I'm going to chase you into the hall. And I don't care if I don't get booked to do another corporate, because you people are cunts. The documentary about it was called Hated. 
and the the police would turn up to most shows and try and fucking drag him off after about the second number. Uh, that was pretty hardcore. Yeah, I well, I liked, I liked uh, Dee Dee Ramone, who out of nowhere joins the band. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, he doesn't know what they're called. Yeah, when, <laughs> when, yeah, they're like, uh, so Dee Dee, why, why, why do you want to... Why do you want to join the Murder Junkies? <laughs> murder Junkies? I, I thought it was the Gigi Allen band. <laughs> Am I in a different band? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I think he had about 15 bands because they all found working with him so challenging. There was only so much watching someone punch the audience with a shitted one fist that they could say. Well, I think if, you know... <laughs> like you can you can go that's GG all you want someone's gonna punch you if there's a big punk fight going on and somebody's just taking a shit on the stage they're not gonna like oh no it's time for my guitar solo just shut up keep playing you're gonna have to fight soon son <laughs> he was great man that was there should be more I'd love to see that on live at the Apollo or something like that mmm McIntyre's Roadshow. <laughs> I'd have liked to have seen him get more mainstream, you know, as he went along to maybe pissing on people. I bet you, if he had uh, if he had stayed alive for another two years, we're talking rehab, fake teeth, and uh, and like guitar, like like country music, because actually he does a fucking wicked cover of Carmelita, right? the Warren Zevon <laughs> classic. That's the one he was singing when oh, yeah, he had yeah. the acoustic guitar. Yeah. He was actually talented. He wasn't just a fucking beanhead that, uh, you know. Yeah, there's something to what he's doing. There's a quote at the start of the movie about how he's about freedom of expression and stuff, but it's by John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, if you're going to talk about uh, art... Dressing up like a clown and killing kids is actually the next level. I wonder if Casey was just trying to go, I'm a perf- I was a performance artist. I paint, sometimes I'm a clown, sometimes it's all you gotta just look at it from a perspective. Well, you know, some people are trying to play to crowds of 2,000 people. I'm just really trying to affect the lives of uh, one family. And when I say one family, I mean like about 28 families. (laughs) (coughs) No, I mean 74, (coughs) 28 families. (laughs) Is that a weird thing about Americans where people are like, oh, they don't care about anything or it's just really shallow culture and something. You're like, no, they do care about stuff. It's just that it's things like teeth. (laughs) <laughs> you know, just like, they really, really care about teeth, you know. Well, it's like uh, the, uh, the the ill person that uh, he just went on another shooting rampage in America and uh, all they can do, like, I mean, I watched that, that. I feel sorry for the kid. Like, he's, he's, he's fucked up. He's, brim, he's been brought up in a fucked up society. Uh, but... Everyone's going, he's a misogynist. He's a misogynist and he's a racist. And that's why and fucking every man is apparently to blame. Uh, what he was actually saying, I watched those videos. Uh, his problem was uh, he was a materialist. Yeah. There's also that thing in there where people go, it's not a sociological problem. It's a mental health problem. And you're like, 
they're the same thing. Your society is insane. <laughs> it's like fucking, um, you know, they, they killed a, a soldier, those two guys who said there was some kind of Muslim endeavour or something, and you, people are like, well, it's, you know, is it uh, you know, being religious or being mentally ill? Or, and you're like, that's the same thing. That's just... <laughs> There's that thing as well, don't there? In court, it's not like crazy as a definition of, well, you killed someone, you must be crazy. You know, it's like, um, it's, were you aware of your actions at the time? Yeah. Well, they're now Pistorius is. Uh, mm. They're gonna. They're gonna <laughs> it must be weird to have a whole planet going. Yeah, you did. I just. I hope. I hope he gets found insane because it's. Um, it's been a while since the planet has been able to call someone crazy legs. <laughs> <laughs> that was my that's my favorite football nickname. <laughs> I can't even remember what the last name of Crazy Legs was. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Blade Runner, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's his name? Who who, uh, who directed Blade Runner? Ridley Scott, Scott, you're about to get you're about to get your movie name back. <laughs> Crazy legs. Sorry, we're gonna uh, gonna appropriate that. But yeah, if he was crazy, he would add longer legs. <laughs> if you got to pick how long your legs were, <laughs> you were crazy. He'd be clanging together like a fucking wind chain. <laughs> I think it's an advantage in the hundred meters that he's stepping it. <laughs> Just falls forward. <laughs> well, you see me in the hurdles, motherfuckers. <laughs> and now he's unstrapping for the high jump. <laughs> Just pushing his legs and the, the fucking pole vault away. <laughs> yeah, there's no limits to your legs once you're insane. Yep. That's what, uh, yeah, it'd be great if they put his legs on Trial. Are these the legs of a crazy man? You <laughs> <laughs> should, should blame the legs. <laughs> Special defensive incrimination. <laughs> yeah, he, he submits uh, the uh, Spider-Man new costume edition. <laughs> yeah. I, the symbiote. <laughs> I, I found these legs in a broken comet. <laughs> Put them on. It can be very difficult for them to declare him sane if he starts conducting his own defense, cross-examining his own legs. <laughs> you fucking bloody-minded judge. You should write to him or something. I think I think you gotta double dip it, and one leg is good and the other one's evil. <laughs> so you're sort of bouncing around on one as evil legs on the stand. That's why I always kill people in a circle. Me and Good Leg have been trying to keep Evil Leg at bay for quite some time, but sometimes me and Good Leg sleep at the same time, and Evil Leg. Because <laughs> Good Leg went to sleep. Wow. I, I had been on a long bus ride, and Evil Leg switched places with Good Leg, and I couldn't tell. <laughs> Your Honor, I'd like to see that leg go to prison just as long just for everybody else. But don't melt it down and put it in cars, or all the cars will be evil. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta shoot that leg into space, Your Honor. <laughs> I just had a really sad image of him as a little kid, occasionally putting his legs on the wrong way around. Really, really made me feel quite upset. 
At least that's what you're finally doing with those images, Frank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you're getting better. <laughs> There's no re no good reason to be interested in that case. You know, all that, it says something about, you know, the media. Or that's why I'm watching this, you know, beautiful girl get shot by a guy with no legs. No, you're, you're watching a freak show. I think there's something as well about the just it's a fucked up culture that was quite interested in like beautiful women getting murdered and the fact that they can pretend it's oh it's this you know can you imagine how much publicity that would have got if it was a black athlete had killed a black woman in South Africa he could have killed her with a fucking Tyrannosaurus Rex and it wouldn't have made the fucking news I clawed this thing and I fucking <laughs> I hate the bitch <laughs> A fucking a black a black athlete who was a disembodied head could have murdered a fucking black woman over there and it wouldn't have got any publicity. <laughs> fucking nibbled away at her, uh, nibbled away at her. Uh, what'd you call it? Uh, I didn't know, so I just kept nibbling, uh, trying to hit an artery. But uh, it's just I I don't know anything about the body because I don't have one. So. <laughs> He's the best. Him and his brother make up the best bowling team in South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> they have been a pair for years and years and years. <laughs> Putting a lot of bend on it there by sticking his tongue out. <laughs> yeah, get a mop on the aisle, Jesus Christ. There should be a law against this if it, uh, you know, nobody wants to stay, oh, poor, bodiless athlete. <laughs> nobody nobody brings it up. I notice though, you shouldn't be bowling your brother's disembodied head. You guys should be juggling or something. <laughs> something where no one else is competing. His brother just died in an accident. It's not really alive the head. It's just that he's just bowling with it and nobody's got the heart to fucking say anything. They've got to talk away to it when he's Ron wants a he wants a uh, cream soda. <laughs> Okay, we'll get him one. Yeah. What's yeah. that? You're not thirsty, Ron? Okay, I'll have it. <laughs> so, uh, Ron, uh, you still got that motorbike? <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? No. Oh, you crashed it. Oh, I think I remember something about that. <laughs> crashed it down by the old, the old fishing line factory. <laughs> <laughs> Ron, you still hanging out with that really bad-tempered butcher? <laughs> and his hot wife you can't keep your fucking eyes off of? <laughs> no, it's a whole family. It's a whole, like, there's Ron, there's Jake, there's Eddie, and they're all heads. <laughs> and there's one brother who's just not a dickhead. <laughs> he, he sort of keeps them all in a bag. <laughs> Takes him down to the shore and uh, does not make as much money as he should busking. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, then there's another brother who's got his head and he's the manager and uh, and everybody's like, yeah, but you know, there's a guy over there with four heads and he's juggling and, and he's just sort of looking at the manager and going... Oh, South Africa. I really need to get out of this place. <laughs> so many disembodied headaches around here. This would kill in Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Instead of um, annoying us all with the the world that they've fucking. That's what I don't like about it. It's like, you know how fuck the world is? Yeah. You know how long it took to fuck it? You didn't, yeah. We didn't do that. Look at us. It was all over by like 1953. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's, you know, I was just thinking that today too about uh, people that are like, uh, legalize weed and the tax money. We said, don't. Give the money, the government, any more tax money. <laughs> that'll just lead, that'll lead to a shitty war. The weed wars. The war we could fought with what we made from weed. <laughs> you want to fucking, you want to tax things. You got to, you got to fucking tax heroin or crystal meth. That's a war. That's a war. Fucking <laughs> weed. We're going to be able to mug Qatar. <laughs> Which isn't the worst thing. I had mass conscription, you know? I think that dictated against war. If we had to go to fucking war now, it's only the fact they're all paid and sort of mercenaries now, armies. But if we did to conscript us now, at least in the 70s, people were kind of fit before they had a fucking corn syrup fucking enema <laughs> every morning. Like, they'd struggle now. If I was out there, I could pretty much stop a fucking war single-handed. Yeah, yeah, well... Slow and easy to hit has <laughs> never been a good motto for an army. <laughs> Slow, easy to hit. The Marines! <laughs> yeah. But of course, uh, I mean, a lot of people think it's evil, but fucking America played to its strengths and now it's all drone strikes because who better to. F- can fly. They, these people have been in training. You could have conscription, yeah. and people wouldn't even know. They're just. Have you played the the, new, the newest game, Thunder in Afghanistan? <laughs> oh yeah, it's good. The graphics are so lifelike. <laughs> yeah. I just sometimes bomb weddings. I know you're not supposed to, but there's actually no rules against it. And every time you do it, it just goes blank for a while, and then it pops back up. And they ask you not to talk about it. It turns out I'm like the Red Baron of uh, Pakistan. <laughs> <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> oh, good, the nachos are here. I don't know. I think China will kick their fucking ass if it comes down to that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, they're, um, they've got so many people, they can man their drones. <laughs> <laughs> There's really no need for me to be here. Like, no, I'm not even flying <laughs> this thing. But hey, I'm a girl, so... <laughs> You're surfing towards some kind of civic reception on a flying bomb. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies, are you all okay with this? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Better than the life they would have made us lead. Anyway. What a fucked up country, man. We just keep hitting the hornet's nest and they keep getting angrier. We're in a war against hornets. Goddamn <laughs> <laughs> hornets. I'll keep hitting it till they stop. <laughs> Operation Face and Termite Mound is going badly. <laughs> Send in the Marines. We're, we're, we're coming. Oh, Ooh, can you... 
there's a hill, and we don't want to take it because we can't get up it. Ron started pissing cheese. We're going to need to wait for five minutes <laughs> so we can get some nachos up here. <laughs> yeah. Medic! I need some insulin. Stat! <laughs> <laughs> Massive. They have to put an M on their helmet so they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They marched, marched across the world. They were the best. They were so good at taking Krispy Kreme outlets. They just- <laughs> That's how they ran those wars. They just say like, "There's a fucking <coughs> donut shop in the middle of." Yeah. <laughs> Have at it. <laughs> oh yeah, they'd starve them. They'd starve them down to 280, 270 pounds. And then they'd say, you guys hungry again? You want to bump over the 300 mark? Well, I want you to get on your rascals and find that fucking... Pizza Hut, Hut, Hut. And they're just, they're just in camouflage moo-moos, just taking shots. They can't even feel, you know. Do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah. We're going to need a bigger gun, sir. We're trying to get to their vital organs, and uh, they have got a lot of padding. <laughs> don't shoot them in the kidneys. Those don't work. They haven't worked in years. <laughs> You're sending me to Hamburger Hill. Mmm, delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Who's gonna carry me there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sarge, the good news is uh, we we don't need to take that hill anymore. It's not a vantage point. The platoon ate it. <laughs> uh, I know it wasn't made a hamburger. Uh, I think they had their doubts when they were halfway through, but uh, a lot of them, a lot of them like uh, like jelly donuts, and they figured maybe it was a trick, and that the middle was made of hamburger. So they, yeah, they've eaten the hill. Get off that stretcher! You're not injured. <laughs> Many times a day do I have to say this. <laughs> Be good if all those like battle reenactment people, like just got into like Nam battles because they were like hooked on morphine. <laughs> and they're just like, hit me! Yeah. <laughs> Three vials in their thigh. I've been hit. Yeah. <laughs> like, we can't all be hit at once. There's nothing for people to watch. Okay. <laughs> that guy just tried to borrow ten bucks off the medic. <laughs> It's a long story, but uh, yeah, if you could just see your way clear, uh, I'm I'm dying. So could I have ten dollars? And could you call this number? And, and if a, if a little Vietnamese guy in a shell suit shows up, just give him the money, and then he'll give me the letter from home. It's a it's a small letter, and it's wrapped up real tight. Don't open it. Ask Ho Chi Minh if he'll lend me his mobile phone. <laughs> We've hired an unknown lunatic to animate some of these yeah. podcasts. I think that's the best name for him, too. 
Yeah. I mean, pretty much that's what he seems to be. Police are looking for an unknown lunatic. Why? Do they have an album? <laughs> All I know is he's called uh, Mr. Udi Bongo. <laughs> I, think, I think that's what he's called. And he's sort of cut a friend of mine's video together, but with kind of like a Muslim call to prayer and like a picture of like a goat-legged woman in it that doesn't really appear in the text. So I don't know what he's going to do with ours, but I told him not to fuck with the words and just imply pictures and we'll see what happens. Yeah, man. I'm looking forward to it. I probably climbed up to number 52 in the charts by the time we got home. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm not going to need to do this much anymore, Frank. <laughs> Pretty hot selling album. I don't know how if you know how many you have to sell to get to number fifty four on the comedy stand up comedy charts. Oh, is it just a stand up comedy chart? I thought you were up there with fucking Taylor Swift. No, I'm not the fifty (laughs) four top selling artist. I thought fucking it's really impressive. But I don't think it's that hard to get your album onto iTunes. I think it's just a basically just you fucking put it up there and they'll they'll sell it if it sells. They listen to it to make sure it's not something. <laughs> it's like a delay. You have to give them it like two weeks before. What would it, what would morally horrify Apple of all people? You know? I think if they found out you'd paid a tax ever, <laughs> they just wouldn't understand why someone that dumb could make a comedy album. <laughs> when uh, U2 sold their album to uh, Apple for $100 million. A fucking cunt, Bonoise. Oh, don't get me started on that. It's just charity for vanity, you know? Which is good, I guess, in that, like, somebody's getting something, but give me Liberace, man. That that was a real fucking crazy loon. <laughs> just, you know, like, uh, somebody's just... I don't care if you're that self-satisfied with yourself, but don't drag a starving kid into the picture with you. Yeah, don't fake morality. No. Pump a bunch of guys. Morality isn't involved. You know, get your face tighter than a fucking baseball and fuck men and gays and fucking die. Don't claw your way to respectability on the backs of a pyramid of dying children. Yeah, yeah. Like instead of uh, instead of all this uh, extracurricular activity, why don't you write some better songs? You know, <laughs> now we're just fucking because he's dragged all these diseased children with them everywhere he goes. We're now inflicted in hearing these horrible, horrible slices of music where. <laughs> If you had a little more studio time, a little less bags of rice time, and maybe maybe I'll listen to you. See, I don't even think it's ec- extracurricular for them. I think, like, if they had a choice between, oh, you're going um, Comic Relief and it'll be on fucking prime time and it's you in a village doing this, or, you know, but that's in that writing week you've got set aside. I don't think there's, like, a... I don't think there's a contest in their mind for whether they're going <laughs> to be doing that or not, you know? They'll be out there with fucking Gary Barlow... Oh, the water's dirty. <laughs> well, dip your head in it and go <laughs> lie down for a while. I wouldn't mind them going and living there. I wouldn't mind a, like a celebrity oh, exchange. God, that would be wonderful. Can you imagine if we had a Somali pirate playing the part of you too? I'm a celebrity. Leave me here. And they're just like fucking <laughs> in Somalia. 
uh, forced into piracy and we get a bunch of guys in romper suits who probably, you know, be a bit sort of um, bit of a fish out of water comedy initially uh, when they came over to Britain. But <laughs> no, nothing. You nothing thought there was some rape scandals now. <laughs> That's what I love about I love the Somali pirates, you know, the fish the fishing's gone. So now you fish for hostages. Yeah. You know? We have become fishers of men, as Jesus as Jesus <laughs> said. You know, big business poisoned their waters and they thought, I'm not gonna take this without a rocket launcher fueled attempt to Redress the balance. I'm going. Is that what happened? The, wa- yeah. the water got poisoned. Oh, a couple of things happened. So um, uh, their economy got fucked up by uh, America, and then a whole lot of poisonous shit got dumped by multinationals off their coastline, so they couldn't fish anymore. So, like, piracy is an act of ra- last resort. It's the same in Colombia. So Colombians grew, I think, maize, and it was. Um, undercutting American uh, production so they were kind of forced out Colombia's secondary crop was coffee so they brought that in after their agriculture was fucked over by America and they grew uh, coffee really successfully and that was uh, affecting American interest and they were forced out of that and now they grow cocaine so something good came from it yeah, then. yeah. it's going to happen Well done, America. You see, that's the thing they never say about America. All the times where their foreign policy has done good things. (laughs) We found those weapons of mass intoxication. Like, what they really want is cocaine. So they've driven Mexico into a state where, like, um, people just want to fucking kill each other to deliver cocaine to them. Just can't do it fast enough. (laughs) They've driven Colombia into producing cocaine, and they like to sit and take cocaine. But they like to also say, oh, we don't like cocaine. (laughs) Okay, I understand that. But they're like Bono then. They're just sort of going, yeah, I want money to go to Africa. And I want uh, Africans to have decent... But at the same time, I want to keep all the money. Yes, yes. I'll tell you, you know what I'll do with the tax dollars? I will decide where they go. Now, I'm not great at paying them, but that's okay. I'm more of the ideas man over here. Yeah, I don't know where he thinks, like, the aid for Africa comes from when he's lobbying for it. It's like, you, you know, like it's it's taxes, right, Bono? Ah! Well, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Edge, play that little jangly thing. We're going to sing a song now. <laughs> the Edge, never trust anyone who comes up with their own nickname, I think. Right. Or retains a fucking nickname. He wouldn't have got that in the British Army. <laughs> the cunt. <laughs> One of the four cunts. Why, why was he called the cunt? Well, he tried to call himself the edge. <laughs> he, he didn't have a hat. So he's not the cunt in a hat or the cunt that plays the drums. Is there another cunt or is there only three of the cunts? <laughs> he's just a cunt. Yeah, specky cunt. There he is. Looks like a fucking bug. Jump cunt. <laughs> Other cunt who nobody ever remembers. That's his whole nickname. <laughs> he 
was actually called Oh No. Because <laughs> we fucking hated to see him coming yeah. so much that we couldn't think of any swear words. And also, we thought his musical effects was much like that of Yoko Ono on the Beatles. <laughs> That's what you get when you can... We used to call them Beatles and Ono. <laughs> and then we didn't have enough time because we were under attack. And I went, Bono! Come in, should we wrap it up? Yeah. Who need a boy? That sounded bad. Go pick my kid up from school, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> These yeah. fucking comedians. Let's no go boundaries. play BBC in the 50s. <laughs> That's why they had a circular building so the kids couldn't get away. <laughs> <laughs> Did we get that? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Did you get that? Yes. <laughs> That's why Jimmy Savile ran those marathons. <laughs> <laughs> Just somewhere in time, there's a psychedelic elephant watching a fucking <laughs> watching a kid just run in circles. <laughs> And then around the fifth lap, Savile, that's when he pulls. It's called the Savile, where he just stops. <laughs> Hears him coming. <laughs> yeah, he goes into his favorite dressing room, and then the kid just takes a door to the face, and all you see is a leg getting <laughs> dragged into a dressing room. And at that point... The elephant Jim. wishes he could forget. <laughs> <sighs> I have to remember all of this. Yeah. I'm a sentient universe within an elephant, and I get nicknamed Dumbo. <laughs> Don't blame us, mate. <laughs> it's just it's just it was a movie, right? Don't fucking get upset about it. Uh no, you're right, they are big, but uh I guess I'll just see you on the dark side of the moon. Um, a couple of legal disclaimers before we go. Bill Cosby hasn't been formally charged with anything, has he? Oh, well, I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> honestly think he did it. <laughs> okay. 